Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. It is myself and Maddie D previewing the 2020 NFL Draft. This was a fun one. We go through position by position, give our top five guys. We try to predict where they're going to go. We answer some listener questions. A huge thank you to everyone that submitted questions. If you do want to submit one for a future podcast, tweet at us at ThunderBLG. Join the Facebook group. Search the Bullpen Cart Podcast. Join the conversation. We put up questions on our Instagram. That's where we got a lot of the questions. But this one was a lot of fun to record. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next one. We're going to do a draft recap. Give our all-draft team Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Leave us a nice little review. But enjoy this episode, guys. Enjoy the draft. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me, as always, is the guru, our draft expert, really everything football-related expert, Mr. Matty D. How are you, my friend? Well, it's almost here. Okay, the big, the big day. We're, we're, we are literally three days away, and there's a chance this draft is the most watched sporting event in the history of the world, okay? Seeing as there is nothing else going on, <laughs> like, I don't, like, I'm ready. I'm so excited for it, um, and it's great now because all the, all the sites are, you know, all the uh, sports websites, it's all they're talking about, too, because, you know, there's not really much else to talk about. Um, there's the Michael Jordan and the Bulls documentary. I, I know you watched last night. I did not, but I heard it's very good. But other than that, this, that's it. I mean, that's all we got. So, uh, definitely excited for, uh, what's coming up and it should be a great, even though it's a little different than normal, it should be pretty great. Yeah. It's going to be, I feel like a lot of people are going to watch it. People love football. You mentioned the last dance. Uh, it got 6.1 million viewers last night. The most for an ESPN documentary, the next highest was You Don't Know Bo, the Bo Jackson 30 for 30 at 3.6, um, which, Matt, you need to go watch this. The first two episodes were fantastic. I'm sure everybody listening here has probably checked it out. As a programming note, Emily and I are prob- are going to do a real sports on this on Wednesday night, so look out for that on Thursday. But back to the draft. This is going to be a huge event, and I feel like with the names that are going, and we're obviously going to do a, a deep dive into this, but with the names that are out there, the depth at a number of different positions, I feel like it's not even completely overblowing it to say that this might be one of the better drafts ever, regardless of the entertainment product that's put on ESPN on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, there is still a great, like, the amount of talent in, in particular, in the top half of this draft, um, there's a lot. Uh, there's also a lot of teams that could go in a lot of different directions. Um, 
you know, so many picks are penciled in. They've been penciled in. We'll talk about a couple. And yet, it could be some totally wacky change. That's what that I'm excited is, for. That, yeah. Um, the other thing that's really interesting is there's there's two groups of players that are particularly deep this year, and that's wide receiver and offensive tackle. Deep at the very top of the draft. Wide receiver's deep throughout the draft. But offensive tackle is a very deep group. Um that's going to be interesting to see if there's any kind of runs on those pl- on those. You see that every once in a while. And if there is a run, the teams trade up. The teams try, is there an arms race that will occur for some of these talents? Um, there's a ton of rumors out there about teams that want to move up. Um, yeah. And there's also some major groups. There's a major weak groups this year that aren't that there. There's a chance they don't even have maybe one or two picks day two and day one and two mm-hmm. you think of um running backs tight ends and really even defensive backs to an extent there's not the same uh wealth of talent uh and we'll get into each position but um it's fascinating um but it's weird because the first three picks people have had circled in for for months with this um and even the top 10 i mean there's a general there's a movement of them but there's a general we know what what position will be taken um, if there are no trades, uh, but it's the order of some, like the order of tackles taken, uh, the order of quarterbacks taken, the order of uh, wide receivers taken. That's got people very confused. Um, and as you mentioned to me, there's going to be some before the, we started. There's going to be some uh, some gambling on this. It's going to be a tough one in terms of the gambling addicts out there to figure out who goes where. Yeah, it's uh, as Matt just mentioned. I. Uh... A buddy of mine sent me a draft pool that you can do this basically on any any site you play fantasy football on, but we're doing it through the NFL's website. But basically, you just pick players. And I remember ESPN did this the year LeBron went to the Heat, the decision because that free agency class was so wild of trying to say, oh, LeBron's going to go to this team, Chris Bosh is going to go to this team, so on and so forth. And I kind of use some research I did for this. I kind of use some mock drafts to go off of where I was going. And we're going to talk about a few of these, these picks. Uh, basically the idea that we're going to do is that we're going to try, we're not going to do a mock draft. We're going to eventually Matt and I are going to pick our all draft team, but we're going to go through each position group and kind of rank them and talk about where we think they may fall in sort of a, a pick range, whether that's in the first round or second, third round on Friday or their Saturday pick or, you know, so on and so forth. I don't think anybody in the top five of a position would be an undrafted free agent, but crazier things have happened. I don't, that being said, spoiler alert, none of those picks are going to have that. But um, yeah, this, um, picking the order, Matt, there's, there's some takes out there and there are some locks and I feel like the first two are almost surefire. The third one has been penciled in, but I've seen some other ideas of who the Lions might take at three. Um, mm-hmm. But what position group do you want to start at for this thing? Well, I, I say we start right at the top with the, with the, with the, the most important position in maybe all of sports um, and definitely the most important position in all football, and that's the quarterback position. All righty. Um, you mentioned that everyone pretty much has penciled in from day one, in particular after the incredible performance he put on in the national championship game and all throughout the college football season, it, the Bengals will go with Joe Burrow. Um, what's weird to me is that, like, think of the last can't-miss, like, undisputed best quarterback prospect ever. I, I My lifetime, it's probably Andrew Luck. 
So when yeah. Andrew Luck was at Stanford, he he checked every box, and yet somehow into the draft prospect, into the draft process, even though it was never, even though the Colts always were going to take Luck, Robert Griffin rose all the way up as a competitor to Andrew Luck in terms of his draft prospects. Um, when you think of uh, Jared Goff was the consensus number one overall, but Carson Wentz was right there, and obviously he went right there. Um, there's been a number of players like this where normally even a surefire were definitely taking him number one guy has some competition from somebody. And yet for whatever reason, maybe it's the Bengals doing a great job of not letting anything seep into their, to their minds. There's never been a question that Joe Burrow is the number one guy over Justin Herbert to attack a and, um, and even Jordan love to an extent. But it's amazing that there's never been any question that the Bengals will do that. They haven't moved on from Andy Dalton yet. Um, and I don't think that's going to inhibit them from taking him. But I guess the question is, like, do, do people know what the knocks on Joe Burrow are? Because no one's talking about him other than he's going to go number one. You know what I mean? No, that's a really good point. And, yeah, he's – I think it's – no, it's not going to be like when Jamarcus Russell was a consensus one, or at least for the 2007 draft, where the Raiders still used the 12 minutes or however long they were giving him at that time for it. I feel like we might get that entertainment aspect that they give some time to let you know the ESPN guys talk about it. It's going to be really interesting seeing this all go over on Zoom on Thursday night. Apparently, they've done some <laughs> some dry runs to get this all done. Um, I don't know if we're going to see Andy Reid's face just smack in front of a camera when the when the Chiefs eventually pick with a final pick on Thursday night or how this is going to go. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned some of the, the knocks on Joe Burrow and the biggest one is probably that he has just the one serious year of production. A lot of people knock that he started at Ohio State, ends up transferring to go to LSU, um, he does not have the greatest arm strength out of the class. It's still, you know, good arm strength by all means. Uh, and he, right. and he had a great Heisman campaign. There's nothing, nothing to doubt about that. Um, but yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't know what, what really else you want to think out of it, of how he might fit in with, with the Bengals and how that's going to work. I don't think there's going to be something like, you know, is, is playing for that type of a team going to ruin him because of where they're at. Uh, the Bengals are that that being if he has a year behind Andy Dalton to kind of learn from him, and maybe that means that some sort of Daniel Jones thing happens where he takes over halfway through the season. Right. I don't know. You I know guess, what are I your guess, thoughts? Well, yeah, well, first of all, the, 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 the criticism that you gave to Joe Burrow, I, I agree with. The other thing is his size. He's not particularly big, um, He's and he's not – that, you know, he doesn't have the, the his measurables. He didn't throw at the combine. They never really saw him though. But his measurables aren't quote unquote next level. I don't. I don't think that's like the worst thing ever. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks. I've heard a lot of Peyton Manning mentions. What what they mean by that is he doesn't necessarily like Peyton didn't have amazing arm strength, but he had great ability to put the ball where it needed to be. He made he could make every throw that you needed to make. Um, he's got decent mobility. Functional mobility is a big word I've heard a lot. Um, but to your point, I mean, he came from a great offensive scheme. Joe Brady now in the NFL. You have you have Jamar Chase, uh, who will be a top pick in a couple in next year or two. You've got Justin Jefferson. He had Thaddeus Moss, the tight end. He had the running back. He had a very great team around him, as you pointed out. Um, 
but he also did it in the SEC, which is the, one of the hardest things to do, and he did it against the best players um, and the best defenses you can find out there when you think about it. That, to me, is what's really impressive. He, he definitely understands the game. Yeah. Um, and remember, the, it's not like the Bengals are devoid of talent. They've got A.J. Green, who should be back, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, who, who might have something, uh, and you've got um, um, Joe Mixon in the backfield, plus Giovanni Bernard. They're not devoid of any talent. Sure. So he definitely does a lot of things. He's got a great mental makeup, his composure, and his comfort. I think that it shows that, by the way, a lot of recent first overall picks, in fact, the last two were transfers. Baker Mayfield transferred from Texas Tech to Oklahoma, and Kyler Murray transferred from Texas A&M to Oklahoma. So the, the transfer thing, it is tough, um, especially because the guys that he got beat out by, it's not like some of them are, are blowing the, the, the field away. JT Barrett, Miller, um, Cardell Jones was there, and um, uh, Dwayne Haskins. But again, I mean, he definitely came in and did what he had to do, and LSU changed their scheme for him. So it'll be interesting to see. Zach Taylor is the kind of mind for um, – for uh Cincinnati that could really help him too sure so we'll see um it's worth noting too it's worth noting too you mentioned how they changed their scheme year one at LSU was junior year he threw for 2800 yards almost 29 um 16 TDs only five interceptions the next year this past year one of the greatest seasons I think we probably will see for a while 60 TDs and only six interceptions that's probably one of the the good things about Burroughs, he takes care of the ball pretty well. We're going to, I feel like that's going to be a theme of a few of the guys we're going to talk about here in quarterbacks, but he's done that pretty well. Um, yeah. So I'm very hopeful that it, that it, you know, goes well for him with, uh, with the Bengals. I, I know we have a fan question or technically two from a, our buddy, Tommy, that we'll cover in a little bit. I think we'll try to do them towards the end of the podcast. But uh, yeah, I think if you're a Bengals fan, you got to be pretty excited if, you know, if yeah. it, all things hold up, nothing uh, crazy happens. That Joe Burrow is one of the people protesting in, uh, you know, in Columbus. I don't know if they're actually doing it in Ohio. All those random free whatever state protests and all that stuff, or if he uh, mm-hmm. got caught with some narcotics, or a uh, someone that shouldn't be quarantining in his own home for dollars. You know, I feel like that's the only thing that's going to prevent him from going number one overall. Right. Right. Some Laramie Tunsil type have- stuff. Right. So who do you have as your second quarterback? So the, who I have ranked second is not who I think it's taken second in terms of quarterbacks. Okay. I have Tua higher than Justin Herbert. Herbert's really made this huge jump, and we'll talk about him in, I'm sure, a few minutes. But I think Tua, I think if he never gets hurt, he probably isn't hopping Burrow, but it's probably something that makes the – probably not the Redskins, but maybe – Maybe the Lions think that they want to take take this guy and maybe groom him behind Matthew Stafford. I know they have a lot of money invested okay. in that, in him. Um, I think there's way more upside. I think not to really blow where I where I have this big board going, but I I think that Tua could fit in really well with the Chargers. I know that the Dolphins would be a logical team to possibly take him. I know the Redskins have been thrown out there of that, but they do have Dwayne Haskins. And they also have um, they have Allen that they picked up from the Panthers, Kyle Allen. Right. So yeah, I think I you know there's a lot of rumors and a lot of talk and hype around Justin Herbert going to the Dolphins, which we'll get to in a few minutes. 
So I, and I think that the Chargers are a better fit for Tua. I think that he moves around pretty well. He can help out that team with the dynamic offense that we've seen over the last couple of years. Not necessarily last year in the in the waning hours of Philip Rivers' Chargers career, but I think his mobility that we've seen for years, you know, where he came in as basically the reliever for Alabama in, in getting them a national title, and basically up until his injury last fall, that I think he'd be a solid fit there, and I think that. It's going to transfer over to the NFL pretty well, especially how various offenses are adjusting to that style of play. So I definitely have them too. Yeah, I I agree. The injury to me is the only thing keeping him from being in the big conversation against Burrow for that number one spot. Um, I got to, I, you know, thankfully we got to see a lot of Burrow and Tua. You don't get to see as much of Justin Herbert because he played for Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're almost polar opposites of each other in terms of like their size and what you've seen from them. Yeah, that's that's a big throws, knock for him. Yeah, the Tua throws an amazing football. Like you just when you see him throw, you know he has a gift to put balls in places that many people can't, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but the injury thing is a huge knock. I have him ranked slightly ahead of Justin Herbert. But I, I would understand why you would why somebody wouldn't take it solely based on the injury history. Um, he he can just put football. I, I just some of the and we know he's got moxie. We know he's got a little clutch cheat in him, what you love to see. Um, obviously, the same kind of knock against Burrow. Great offense at Alabama, right? With the four wide receivers, two are just going to be first round picks this year. You know, the running game, an offensive tackle that could be a top ten pick. Um, a number of other players, that great defense. So you have to kind of try to pull it out of that and say, but then again, you're also seeing him throw to NFL level talent. And he did a great job with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think he is one of the best handlers of the football. And again, you're going to hear me say this about almost every guy that we're talking about here, but he had two interceptions his freshman year. Where he played nine games, zero his sophomore year. Zero interceptions to 43 touchdowns in 2018. He had three last year, and granted, he only played nine games. And he only fumbled the ball three times over three years in wow. 33 games. So, you know, he even when he's even when he is getting taken down, which he wasn't getting sacked a ton, that number is going to skyrocket in the NFL because NFL talent is just so much faster. But he he'll hold on to it. He'll keep that team together i feel like with austin eckler in the backfield too that certainly helps with how dynamic the two of them can probably fit in together um i would think just the rest of uh, this is assuming the chargers take him i think they are but you know the injury you know, if they do take him the injuries to the rest of their offensive weapons are concerning but right you know i mean that's just the biggest knock against two of that and that in his size he's only six feet tall if he turns right. into the next russell westbrook or russell well, Russell Westbrook of, of football, but Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> but if he turns into the next Russell Wilson, I mean, that's probably the, probably the biggest upside for him. Yeah. I mean, and then and to that, like you compare him against Justin Herbert, who I think we both have as number three, mm-hmm. 6'6", 236 pounds. He's very big. He also ran a 4.6940, which yep. is faster by a .01 seconds than to a – uh, and faster than Joe Burrow, most likely. Um, so we know he's he's got all the talent in the world. He he's got he's much faster than you realize he is. Um, he's got a big arm. He's got all the athleticism you want. He can seem to do everything. Um, there's two two knocks that I've I've heard. One, 
He's not a particularly vocal leader. Okay. It's not a bad thing. There's plenty of quarterbacks like that in the NFL that you don't realize are maybe a little quieter than others. Um, some teams want a guy who's just going to be type A the whole way, the whole time. Others are fine with a guy who kind of lets the team do what it wants. So it just depends on fit and the coaching staff there. Did they come to his birthday um, party, though? <laughs> that's I, I love that that from draft day. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, the other thing they're a little concerned about is, and some of this is what the, what the college is, he needs to improve his field vision. He was very one-sided of the field a lot in college. So, we, you know, if his first, like, read didn't get open, he was in trouble. So he's going to have to mentally make sure he's ready for, you know, going through progression. It's not, a, you know, a spread of an offense. Um, I like your idea of him going, like, the Chargers going to a, and a team like the Dolphins going uh, with Herbert. I think he would be better with something like that, um, especially because there's not as much – it's like Tua to the Chargers is good because he could sit behind um, Tyrod Taylor, and yep. they also have weapons, but, but they're expected to win right away. A team like the Dolphins isn't necessarily expected to win right away, so that can let Herbert kind of grow a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I have him firmly at number two, number three, and to me, this is where the those those are the big three, and then I think there's a big drop-off here. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's a huge drop-off. I know some people have, have Jordan Love going in – Going in the first round, I don't. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, yeah. but to kind of shed some light on Justin Herbert and his his skyrocket. Uh, um, for one, you mentioned it. Very inconsistent. He had. I don't know what the best word to use for his final few games of this past year was, because he he wasn't bad. He had three touchdowns in the in in the Rose Bowl, but nothing jumps off of the paper when you look at it statistically. He has throws for over 300 yards and a loss at Arizona State, but throws two interceptions. Then he never eclipses 200 yards again, but he gets it done on the ground a little bit. He helps out the team. They have these wins that are certainly clutch. The Civil War win against against Oregon State. And then the Pac-12 championship where he got it done there. He, again, statistically wasn't the biggest factor, but the team put up 37 points. So there's at least some on the field leadership there, and then the Rose Bowl win where Wisconsin ends up coughing it up and he ends up having those three rushing touchdowns. Um, I joked around about the draft day quote, which is probably the most used one. Uh, but, you know, there there is something to think of of, of where, where this guy would fit. And with the Dolphins, it, you're absolutely right that I think not necessarily having the, you know, the spotlight put on him right away you know every you know everything is turning on to the Bills with Tom Brady leaving the AFC East. The Patriots are still still to be you know nothing to to think that they're a walkover at this point. So it's between those two teams. So if they go one and you know one and five in the division, two and four depending on how the Jets shake out, I don't think anybody's going to be that upset with him if he's starting right away and and you know they're four and twelve or four and four and thirteen I guess if they end up going to whenever the the 17 game schedule ends up getting implemented but um <laughs> you know considering where we're at in the world but um yeah i think the biggest thing of why i'm buying more and more into him going to the dolphins is that so many more analysts are talking about it and there's so much more hype surrounding this coming out of the coming out of the dolphins camp and granted you know, reading mock drafts and taking people's people just guessing at this is you know not the 
best way, if we're going to put it back into gambling terms, you're going to go broke trying to do that sort of thing. But what made me think about this more, and we're just going to use last year with Daniel Jones, of how many people said Daniel Jones is skyrocketing up of draft boards. Never, You and I, I think, had this same conversation of, really, the guy from Duke is going that high, and lo and behold, the Giants take him sixth. So I, I think there's something behind it if these rumors are coming out of there that we should probably start to trust into. It happened with Josh Allen in 18. It happened with Carson, like you mentioned, in 16. Um, even with Mitch Trubisky from North Carolina, it happened where the Bears traded up because they felt like there was going to be a run on quarterbacks. And you can laugh at it all you want, but he was actually a decent prospect coming out of UNC. So, you know, I'm, I'm buying into it there. I feel like, you know, it's, it'll be really interesting to see how his career develops and what the Dolphins end up doing because they do have two other picks outside of the fifth one. Um, so, yeah, that that's where I'm at with them. And then you mentioned it. It's a big drop, I think, from three to four. And that's where if you are going to look at different mock drafts, which I would recommend if you really want to get through everything, don't take our word, which we're probably like the third or fourth. I'm not even going to give a number because I'm giving us too much credit. But you're, you should look at CBS. You should look at Fox. You should look at the NFL Network, ESPN. But this is where you start to see where where a lot of people are diverging, whether it's Mel Kuyper, whether it's the NFL Network crew, whether it's the CBS crew who just released another mock draft today on Monday afternoon, of where do the next guys go? And I think it is, at least I think there's this at four. with I think Jordan Love is kind of in his in his own class by himself before we jump into, I think, what is a debate for the fifth spot. But I don't know. Where, where do you fall with this? Well, I, I think, to me, Love, because his upside, his ceiling is super high. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's the kind of guy that you could draft. And I, I, I when I say this, I, I want to be really careful with how this comes out. He has upside that would allow him to be drafted similar to where Patrick Mahomes was drafted. Now, well, Matt Mahomes is the yeah, but yeah. Mahomes draft position in the middle is the key term that you put Yeah, he was taken in the middle of four, in the middle of the first round. A team that has time is the kind of team I could see taking Jordan Love. Um, but he's raw. He's going to need a lot of work. A couple teams that come to mind right away: Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Not in the first round, but like in the second round would be teams that I would consider maybe saying, you know what, let's make a deal. Let's get up and take care of this. Um, Let's get a guy that we can kind of grow and build because of the age of. The other team that could be interesting here would be like New Orleans. So teams with very set starters, but they only have have a shelf life, right? People forget how Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Brees are. So a team like that could potentially decide to take a Jordan Love and, and work him slowly into their offense who gave him three, four years um, to do that. And, but I think he's going to end up being more of a second-round pick unless there's a team out there that loves, loves, loves him. Um, I think the fifth spot, because, again, Love had a really good year two years ago. Last year he struggled, but he's got all the tools. Uh, he was on Utah State, so there's definitely some – well, maybe if he was on up with, you know, with some actual players um, and he's got very little field vision which is going to be very typical. That's stuff that's harder. Like everyone thinks, well, you can, you can learn to be better. Well, the hard part is this is NFL speed coming at you. Not college. Yeah. That's the big thing. So, yeah. Um, this is a guy who does not one, take very good care of the football, by the way, uh, no, a lot no, of no. interceptions, 
not a ton of tump, not a ton of fumbles, but comparatively to the rest of the guys we've just talked about, he fumbled it six times and lost two. Not the you know not the worst numbers in the world, but interceptions wise, he had 17 interceptions and only 20 TDs. Really, really shaky final year at Utah State. Yeah, I so the next the fifth one. There's to me, there's really three guys battling for that fifth. Yeah, I agree. Spot. Um, Jake Jacob Eason out of Washington, Jake Fromm out of Georgia, and Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. I think after that, there's a there's a drop. There's some guys they like, but there's a drop. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is the most polarizing, one of the most polarizing prospects. I don't have him um, on in my top five. I think he's a fifth round pick at best. I think he's a has the potential to be a high end backup, maybe. Um, I know he's got great worth ethic. I just don't know if he throws the ball well enough and reads the field well enough to have a lot of success in the NFL. Okay. Yeah, I don't have um, him fifth. I I okay. agree with you there. I think he's just I mean, not to, you know, put the the chip that's was on his shoulder not or not to make the chip that was already on his shoulder any bigger, but I just feel like he's too a light. And I feel like he yeah. he could go back to being to his backup wherever and you know, succeed yeah. there. I think he's a really good college quarterback. That's, 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 I, I see a lot of like Tim Tebow aspects to him. Um, and again, I know he's a great kid. He's got two, two, you know, programs that loved him. Um, but I just don't know if he has enough of the quarterback skills that you're looking for, which, which leads me with my last two. It's Jake Fromm versus Jacob Eason. For those who don't know, Jake Fromm actually took, Jacob Eason was in Georgia. He got hurt. Fromm took over, never looked back. Um, Eason transfers to Washington. He's prototypical, 6'6", 227. He has one of the biggest, fastest arms in, the, in, in this draft. He can, throw, he can throw a fastball anywhere on the field. The problem is he doesn't know how to not throw a fastball. He doesn't have the touch that the top guys do. Um, and, and that's definitely a concern. Um, and so he's got to work on that. He over-contributes he over to – he uses his arm for too much, um, which makes me put Jake Fromm as my fifth. Okay. I first of all, Fromm not only not only took the job from Jacob Eason, he beat out Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback who transferred and who might be a top five pick next year. Um, I like Fromm way too much. I think he's smart. I think he's accurate. I think he's efficient. Um, I I think he's a winner. Um, I think he got. I think the, my my big problem is that I don't feel like Georgia used him right. They didn't allow him to throw the ball. They ran it all the time. Um, I definitely think he's immediately a great backup in the NFL, and I think he has the opportunity to potentially be a starter in this league. I do. I think his confidence, his calm, he's poised. I'm a big from fan and supporter, and I hope he gets the opportunity somewhere um, to be a, to, to have the opportunity in this league. No, that's that's a really good point. I actually I have Eason ahead of him just because he's okay. more of the and prototypical I I build. Mean, I, right. And his ceiling is higher to me. Eason's yeah, exactly. That that the ceiling and the potential because I I think you mentioned fringe starter. I feel like Eason is a he's a deep pick in a two quarterback fantasy league to put it that way in terms of where he would rank out in a in terms of NFL starters. If that you know he probably maybe starts for two or three years somewhere after backing up for a few years. He he becomes a guy like a. 
trying to think of a, of a good name to, to throw out there, but I think you guys are getting the, the idea of where I'm getting after. Uh, I'd, I'd yeah. love to see Fromm do well. I think just the fact that he's you know also a little shorter. He's 6'2", 219. Um, his arm strength is not what Eason's is. I know you know touch is something that you got to work on a ton. So Eason definitely has that road ahead of him. I just I agree with you. I think fringe starter is probably the right the right pick. Um, I don't think we're seeing his name probably until late Friday night, though, for either of these guys. Um, no, yeah, I think there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be the big drop. Yep. Yeah, which I, I don't know if we can do this with every position, but do you think there's a guy, we'll call him Mr. Saturday, a guy that gets taken fourth round or beyond that if your team took him, that you should be somewhat excited for to have this guy in your roster? Is there a guy for quarterbacks in this in this? realm uh, no um again I, I that's why i like from i feel like he has a little gut you gotta go build have a little gut check to him sure um i uh, after that i just don't know if there's anybody else that's gonna that's gonna make you go like like wow like he just he's got it um no i think there's a huge drop off um no, my answer is no. All right. Yeah, it's, this is going to be a more fun question to do once we get to other positions. But we'll go – just yeah. go right down the board, oh, yeah. go to running backs. Yeah, yeah. One of the weaker running back classes we've seen the last few years, no real top-shelf, can't-miss prospect. Um, pr- there's a consensus, if you will, at number one, and I think there's, well, there's one and two. There's the two big ones. One surprised me. I still put DeAndre Swift as my number one. Did you agree with that, or did you go in a different direction? Uh, I have Jonathan Taylor one. I just think the okay. size gives him a bit of an edge to – I mean, Absolutely. granted, it's 5'10 to 5'8, but I just think he's a bigger guy. He's, he's a little more of what you would expect out of that size. Both of them are, are great options. Uh, yeah. And I well, think it depends is, on which – I think it depends on which it, team ends up taking each guy because well, Taylor, Taylor can adapt Taylor, and can be – yeah, a bowling ball. But DeAndre Swift, say you know we were talking about Austin Eckler. If you put him in that backfield, you know, given that Tua is that, given Tua's in, uh, in I almost said San Diego, in and in the Chargers system, that becomes you know that becomes a really good fit of just seeing two guys that are very dynamic in that aspect. You know, almost move DeAndre Swift out and let him have a swing pass or a short you know, short in slam or something, maybe not going over the middle. So maybe like a five and in, but um, yeah, you know, I think that both guys bring something different to the table. It just depends on who's drafting them. Right. I would tell you the one first of all, Jonathan Taylor, four, three, nine, 40 blew me away. Yeah. He's got speed. I knew he was a home run hitter, but that really surprised me. My biggest concern with him is the amount of carries that he got in college. Sure. Touched the ball. Like a Melvin a Gordon whole, effect, yeah and, yeah, and so same same place. Yeah, Wisconsin. So can yeah. he right? Can he stay healthy? I think is something that teams will be concerned about. Seventeen career fumbles also doesn't help. That's um, a good point. So I, I, I definitely think there's a concern there. I don't feel like I would be comfortable making him an every down back because of something like that. Just sure. like wear and tear on him. Um, DeAndre Swift has a little bit less of that wear and tear. So many backs at Georgia, right? But he was behind Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. 
he had to split carries with Elijah Holyfield there. Um, so I have heard that they like him better than Josh Jacobs a little bit, actually, but not, not Saquon at all. They think he's a little better than Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. He was so good that they that he got carries when they were there. Um, they think he's faster than than Chubb is, and Chubb is fast. Oh yeah. So I like Swift a lot. I, I think an Alvin Kamara role would make sense. So he's got good burst. He can accelerate. He can catch the ball, and and not as many touches. So that to me is a huge deal. Yeah, um, absolutely. They're really close though. Yeah. I don't think you can make – I personally don't think you can make a mistake in either one. And I could see a team trading back in late in the first to get that fifth-year option that a first-round that a first round running back gives you. Ooh, um, that's a good so call. So that's something that – that's something you have to think about if a team is like, you know what, I want to jump in and snag somebody. The Chiefs make a lot of sense. They could just stay at 32. Um, yeah, I have the Chiefs taking Taylor. Up. And I actually but, have DeAndre yeah, Swift going ahead of him, but I like Taylor more. Okay. Yeah, the Saints could be a team that would take somebody like that. Yep. Um, I mean, you put the Chargers could trade back in, or they could take them early uh, if they wanted to. So there's a number of teams I think that could make that jump and try to get a guy late in the first solely for that fifth year option. So yeah, after that, there's definitely a drop off. I go back and forth between my third guy. Who do you have as third? Yeah, I'm in a similar I, position I, I with you. Go. I mean. I, yeah, I like Cam Ackers out of Florida State. Okay. He had a lot of hype a couple years ago. Florida State went downhill fast. He's fast. Um, he's a playmaker. He can do everything. A lot, a lot of Kareem Hunt reminders uh, in terms of how he ran. Uh, in 2018, you know, he went for seven, 706 yards and six touchdowns, caught a bunch of balls. His freshman year, though, was the year that people were like, wow. That, over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, caught a lot of balls, too. So, I like him as my third guy. Um, I think there's ability there after really getting stuck at Florida State. Yeah, I, that's that's a really good point. I have uh, Dobbins from Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins at I three, like but I, I like Ackers a lot. Um, yeah, and I think you made I think you made a really he good can, point. Yeah. He got stuck at Florida State, and I feel like that's probably I'm you know feeding right into it. Just Dobbins, I feel like because of how much Big Ten football that I watched and Ohio state is right in the forefront of that, that this guy is just unreal of the, the playmaking ability that he has. I feel like it's, he, I don't know if he goes second round, maybe um, again, it depends on where teams are going. And if running backs are starting to really go and we see maybe some trade-ups, if Swift and Taylor go before, you know, go somewhere in the twenties and someone like the chiefs, want to want to try to get him maybe that's what ends up happening for him but i could also see maybe these guys slip a little bit because of wide receivers because of the offensive line line talent that's in this draft then maybe it does yeah. get a little bit a little bit of a of a slower run on on the running back scheme but yeah i have dobbins three yeah, I, oh i'm sorry you, you, you go yeah, on so no no i was gonna say dobbins is a classic one cut and bang runner yeah. and you love that that's a good thing um yeah so who do you have as your so who that, so he's your third. Do who do you have as your fourth? Then do you have Ackers? Or yeah, have I have Ackers else? four. I, I okay. everything you said, yeah. I agree. I agreed with it anyway, and I think, like I said, you pointing out that having the Florida State name attached to him, I think it did give a little bit of a hmm, to it. Um, mm-hmm. I do think 
that uh, Edwards Hellier, is that how you pronounce his last name, from LSU, yep. I do think there's there's something to him. This, the size scared me. So that's why I, uh, if he, you know, the season that he had with Joe Burrow, I think certainly propels him up a ton, but the size is what really scares me on a draft board and thinking how, how high up is this guy going to go in terms of if it's in the second round or if it's in the third round or are we waiting to hear, when are we waiting to hear this guy's name? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the LSU, like Edwards, uh, Clyde, I am interested because the question is, was he a product of that offense or did he do things that made that offense really good? Because there's been a lot of reports that he was integral in a lot of things that they did. Um, I, I was close to having him in my top five. I think someone's going to get him and really like him. Sure. Um, I, I, I think he's a his size might help him in terms of catching balls and like hiding, kind of like how Darren Sproles would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he can do everything. But the guy that I'm absolutely in love with, and I really hope that the Eagles make it an opportunity to get this guy, is Zach Moss out of Utah. He does not blow you away in terms of measurables. He had he's checked out injury-wise. He had an issue, but he is one of – he breaks more tackles than almost anybody. More than, He's broken more tackles than anybody in this draft and one of the best at doing it ever in the history of – the uh, and uh, in college football, um, all over the place. Uh, this guy can make it happen. He's more of a power runner, which is kind of why I like him for the birds in terms of a, a a bowling ball change up from our boy, right? Sanders, he's 5'10, 222. He can he can bash with the best of them and he can catch the ball a little bit too. I really like Zach Moss. He might be the steal of the draft for me. This is the guy that you asked me, somebody who would be that Mr. Saturday. If a team that gets him, I'm excited to see what he can bring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really like Zach Moss. So he's your five? He's my five. I actually considered him a little bit higher. No, I'm sorry. He's my four. Dobbins oh, he's your is my four. Fifth. So I went Swift, Taylor, Ackers, Moss, Dobbins. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yep. Sorry. My, my bad there. But, yeah, I really like Moss. Um, I would consider taking him over Ackers. Um, that's how much I like him. Yeah, you, you made the point of – him being an absolute bowling ball, complete unit. The fact that he just gains yards is something that you've got to be excited about. I mean, that's basic take of the year. But he just, <laughs> he, he he gets it done. I almost went with Anthony McFarland as my fifth. Um, him being a little younger, redshirt sophomore coming out of Maryland, a team that we thought was going to be this offensive powerhouse, and they played Penn State and stunk. Uh, remember that when Syracuse yep. Syracuse got ranked so high and Maryland put up like a 50 burger on him. Remember all that? Yep. Um, oh yeah. That yeah. Was, yep. And he was a part of that and he's certain. With, he's good. Man. He's, he's very good. He's another guy he's that I think is. a good pass catcher it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's more in that. I mean, he's 5'8", 208. So more of that, that Clyde Edwards, Hellier type size. Same with DeAndre Swift. So he's probably going to be that, that third guy to go off the board in terms of that size, that type of running back. Which, again, I think it depends on which teams are drafting, who's in need of that type of RB, because I feel like you can almost, and granted, you ne- you would never do this in terms of how you'd list a depth chart of a football team of saying, you know, pass catching back versus bowling ball back or whatever you want to do, because you're just putting out a running back and putting it out there, and you wouldn't never do it in Madden, you wouldn't do it in fantasy, so it would never catch on. But there is probably something like that of thinking, using the birds, Miles Sanders is this guy that has this dynamic ability to go out in routes and, and catch the ball and make a make those couple cuts there. But we can use a Zach Moss. We can use a 
Derrick Henry, like with the like what the Titans have, to be able to do that that type of effect. So there's something there, but you're also not going to say now in at catching back versus now in at running back. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. But so so few teams have backs anymore that can't that can't catch. So it, it's almost a requirement. It hurts a guy like AJ Dillon from um, uh, Boston College. Who He's also injury college prone career. too. So I would. Exactly. As much as I really liked right. him in college, I really am concerned about how his NFL career can go. Because yep. I would have yep. – he is pretty low on a lot of boards, but I would have – without injuries, I'd think he'd be a lot higher. Yep. I, I think he could be a fullback kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A that's couple good other, Yeah, a couple other guys, because I always like, like running backs, they don't they come out of nowhere. Kayshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt's a guy that had a lot of success at Vanderbilt. Oh, my God, in the SEC. Like him, got some speed. He's got some power. He can run guys over. Um kind of under the radar so watch out for vaughn also uh, uh uh darrington evans of appalachian state is one of my small school prospects who can, can flat out fly um i think he's similar to what we're talking about that guy that might have the ability to do stuff like that 4440 because so he can move um we'll see but there's another under the radar guy that i'm pretty high on how do you feel about Eno Benjamin? I was close to throwing him there. He was an honorable mention for me. Yeah, I think, you know, the uh, Arizona State product, yeah, a change of pace back mostly. I don't think he can be a, a starter. Um, took a big workload, but definitely produced. Had 300 carries um, in 2018, I should say. Yeah. Um, but uh, had still a lot of carries this past year, uh, but he can catch the ball. Seems like he can do everything but I still think he's probably more change of pace, but I do like him. Another guy that like if Eagles were to draft him, I'm definitely happy. Okay. He's definitely one of those guys that would make me like, okay, good. We got a good back who could be in that rotation. Awesome. Um, most of the guys were to really only think there's two backs that are, that are due, that are really one back to me is Deandre Swift, just because of Jonathan Taylor's potential workload issues that I see as a three down, a, a team will let him be a three down back. Again, Taylor has the skills. I just don't know if they'll hold up. Solid. Let's move on. Wide receivers. Yeah. Could is, there be could there be a deeper a deeper class like this? It, you should be excited with this. This is unreal. How this, many wide receivers there are out there? This is gonna be fun to talk about the yeah. wide receivers. It's gonna be fun to see oh, where yeah. everybody goes. I well, think, let, let me ask you this question: Do you have a big three or a big four? I have a big that's four. the argument. I'm I'm a big okay. four guy. I like them all. Okay, gotcha. So, but gun to your head, who? Forget not. Don't even think of Eagles. Who is your number one wide receiver? C.D. Lamb. Okay. We talked about him last August, and he did nothing but impress all year. He is incredible to watch, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the NFL. Uh, definitely don't disagree. He's. De- I've heard DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams in terms of abilities. They consider him having a pretty high ceiling. 6'2", so he's not small. Not huge, but not small. Four five forty is going to be fine um didn't and by the way other interesting thing too is like with when Jalen Hurts comes over they don't have the same passing game as they did with Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield Lamb didn't complain uh just kept doing his thing you're right he kind of gives you everything you're looking for had a great combine um I've only heard really positive things for him um speed is the only like he's not necessarily as fast but does he need it because speed's not everything. You got to have agility, acceleration, route running, that whole nine yards. Um, 
so that I definitely like he's so I'm gonna tell you though he's actually my number two okay Jerry Judy is my number one okay I think that he's a little faster but that does that's not why he's my number one I think that people are overlooking him because of the the 40 time of Henry Ruggs and some of the stuff we've seen from Lamb in, in you know in the offseason process I think Judy can do everything you want a guy to do. I see uh, he comes from obviously a program just like Oklahoma that's produced a lot of really good players, but uh, he runs incredibly good routes. He has the feel of a wide receiver to me when I watch him. Um, he can do everything you want a guy to do. I think he's a true number one. I think he does a lot that Calvin Ridley does. Um, I just really, really think Jerry Judy has the opportunity to be the best wide receiver in this class. Um which is no small feat. Yeah, it's really close between those two. Oh, yeah. I have them as my one and two, and I think there's a small gap, but those two guys as the pure number one receivers that give you everything, possession, speed, big play, short passes, every they give you every – they run the whole route straight to me. Um, I really, really like Jerry Judy, and I would have him go number one to a team that needs a wide receiver. Like so- that's how I feel. So that's my big question is when do you think that the wide receiving run is going to begin? Cause I think that there's more pressing matters for a lot of teams that are in the top yep. 10 that they're not going to go at, go at wide receivers. They could, they could easily just pick one and say, fuck it. But I think, I think if people are being logical, they're not that they're going to take guys that they need to address something, whether it's offensive line, defense, quarterback, and then we see these teens, really, it's for me, it's 12 with the Raiders, that they go, yeah, I, that they start this wide receiver run. I've heard like rumors at Jacksonville at nine, but I thought they have so many needs, it doesn't make any sense Oh, yeah. No, 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 that's my exact same um, thought. I think the Jets are the next potential, although, again, I think the Jets are going to be smart and go in a different direction. That's what I weird. thought. I'm saying the Jets are going to be piece. smart. There you go. I, I would agree Las Vegas makes sense. I think that weird early teen range is going to begin the run. Um, the, the one linchpin here is San Francisco because I've heard Henry Ruggs, because of his speed, makes sense. And I agree because they already have Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Lamb will be the first off the board over Judy. And I could see Judy make sense in Denver. I feel like that's a very to John Elway pick. It's a gift for them if he's available there. Um, I like Judy at 15 at the farthest that he goes. So I was um, I was one pick away from you. I have Judy going to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady says I want to I want to influence a guy. Interesting. You know, I, let's give I, God I, let's I, give Godwin yeah. and Evans a guy, you know, another guy. Let's give me another weapon. Okay. I, by the way, I would get that. I think that would be a mistake. They, I think they desperately need offensive line help. Sure. That's where I would go. Maybe defensive line, but offensive line to me has to be their spot because they've got to learn how to protect their 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 40-plus-year-old starter. Sure. Um, yeah, I, so I do think – so, like, those are my top two. Henry Ruggs, to me, is that home run hitter, big speed guy. Yes, um, I 1,000% agree. I had him going I, to the Broncos. At 15, okay. yeah. Gotcha. And I would get that because the Broncos, like, they like Cortland Sutton, but he's not a particularly fast guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, that was my exact thought. Ruggs is just going to be 
a nightmare in terms of he's I think he's got a little bit Deshaun Jackson in him, although I think he's a better receiver than Deshaun Jackson is in terms of his ability to make other types of catches. Um, but man, he can just fly. Um, somebody's going to really like him. I don't know if he's a pure number one though, like kind of like in that same mold of Deshaun Jackson. You love Deshaun Jackson, but is he a true number one? No, he doesn't do a lot of the little things. Now rugs might be able to eventually, but I don't think early on rugs needs to be tasked. I don't know if rugs runs the entire route tree. That's where I would pause with him. Okay. Still love him. Still want him. Still think you're going to have to move up to get him if you're the Eagles, unless you get real lucky and some teams make some other decisions. So I have the Eagles and this is just partially Homer pick, but I have the Eagles taking my number four in Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Oh yeah. Production's there with him. He's got great speed four four three. I think the problem is people are pigeonholing him as a, as a slot guy. He can play in the slot, but I also think he has the ability to go outside um, definitely a mismatched guy. He's also six one. He's a little bigger than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he's been a great worker. Yeah, that's why I, I love him. Like, he's a big dude. Yeah, very happy in. with him. If you can tell me that there's a way for us to get any of those four at twenty one, I'm not moving. Oh yeah, at any four. Um, I do think I'm in agreement that there is a big four. There's a drop off after these guys, but there's still a lot of talent. But those are my big four, and I would be happy with any of them. And I'm willing to move up to get any one of them. That's that's how I would. I would even consider letting the first two go and then moving into the round to try to get up there and get somebody. Yeah, I agree. Um, to me, though, the problem is you're going to have to get up above maybe Denver. So do you take a look at Tampa Bay and say, you know what? Hey, Tampa, let's get on the phone. Would you be willing to move out? Would the 49ers be willing to move out? The problem with like the Browns or the Jets, it's going to cost you a lot. But if oh, yeah. you love a guy, if the reports are we love C.D. Lamb, go get C.D. Lamb. It's your biggest need. Uh, I would be willing to part with two or three picks to get up there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that if you're the Eagles to, to make some sort of a move. You mentioned it, though. It's a big four. I agree with you. Where do we go at five? Because I think yeah, it's, I, it's a serious all debate. All over the map. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the guy that would probably be up here would be uh, Chenault of Colorado, but he got injured, and that's causing some concerns with him. He mm-hmm. was super productive in college, but he's fallen, and I and I certainly understand why he's fallen because of the injuries. He's a great third-round pick to me. Um, K.J. Hamler's in, involved because he seems like a burner, uh, big play weapon, but again, I think he's got some limitations that mm-hmm. would limit – me taking him in the first round or even the second round. You've heard Brandon Ayuk of Arizona State. I've heard good things. Jalen Rager of TCU. Um, you know, T. Higgins of Clemson. Chase Claypool of Notre Dame. But the guy that I like is this Denzel Mims character. I've heard Kenny Galladay. 6'2". Okay. I, man, that makes me excited. So he's my fifth. I think he's a second round guy, though. I would not take him in the first. But I really like Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Um, I feel like he's a great outside guy with enough speed as well. You know, four three eight is pretty dang fast. So yeah, um, I really like him. So I have T Higgins fifth, and I think okay, I do think that if the run if the run happens early enough, that some of these teams towards the back half of the first start to think it. I feel like maybe the Packers 
take him. That's where I have him on my on my first round board. I just think add something for Aaron Rodgers to you know work with and to help mold and, and give him another opportunity. Uh, I know some people are thinking maybe Aaron Rodgers, you even mentioned it, to get a quarterback to mentor for a few years until, you know, whatever ends up happening with the rest of his career, whether it's he moves on somewhere else or he retires or whatever. Um, but I feel like that they, they want to try to give him as many weapons as possible and show that he can win outside of that first that first and only title, which will have been 10 years at that point uh, if the Super Bowl is played in February 2021. Um <laughs> You know, but I I like him a lot. He's a big guy. I feel like he didn't have the best forty, so that's something that I feel like really hurts his stock. But he did pretty well on some good Clemson teams, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers and uh, Matt Lafleur and that whole squad they like uh, they like guys from good teams. I definitely agree, and I I think so. T Higgins to me, I think is getting a little undervalued as well. I think the um, I think what problem is that Eagles fans we don't want him because he's not fast, and I agree with that. Like he doesn't fit what the Eagles would want, but I think he's got a, a lot of potential. He's tall. He's a volleyball type guy. A lot of Alshon Jeffrey with a little more athleticism because he's younger. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would be fine. I, I wouldn't like him on the on the birds, but I definitely think that a team will take him and potentially be very happy with what they get. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. Do you want to do tight ends or do you want to go offensive well, line? I want to make sure I toss out one other guy to keep an eye on. Okay. A little bit later in the draft is the 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 clone of Randall Cobb, Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky where Randall Cobb came. He was a quarterback, he's a wide receiver. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Four four nine forty is his projected. You know, I think he could be Randall Cobb. Which, if you remember Randall Cobb for the first couple of years, there's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, so Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky. Also Donovan People Jones, Michigan man, struggled a little bit, but a lot of that was quarterback play. If someone takes him late in this draft. I think they might have a guy they could really like. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um... Yeah. Yeah, deep guy. Those are good. Those are good picks. Um, Joe Reed could be a guy you might hear. You hear some good things about mm-hmm. in a few years from Virginia. Um, same with James Prochi out of SMU. I feel like yes. uh, Prochi's a got sol- a lot of buzz as a late round guy. Yeah, sol- solid, right solid couple of years for the Mustangs. Yep. Um, that might be a real sports we do soon is Pony Excess. Just to uh, throw that out there. <laughs> I like that. But uh, tight end. I mean, you brought up tight ends. Yeah, let's do tight ends. Baron Cupboard. Like is the best way to put it. If yeah. you need a tight end, you're not in the right track. Do you want to do? Do you want to do top um, three then, or do, or? Yeah, I think it's probably better yeah. if you want to go top three because there's just not a lot. Uh, you know, there's not a lot. Out is it there. a better question to ask when do we first hear a tight end come off the board? I think somebody will late in the second round, possibly. Okay. Like that would be a good one. Um, there's not even a consensus on who the top guy is. I, I had Adam Trapman out of Dayton. Um, did a really nice year. Um, wasn't particularly fast, but some people think he could be a steal. They find him to be more of a football player than a measurable guy. Um, uh, you know, 6'5", 251. So we, you know, but again, I don't love him, but he'd probably be my top guy. Yeah, that's, that's solid enough. Um, to be honest, tight ends was the one I kind of – shied away from in terms of trying to do some serious Fine. prep. Uh, well, you got Cole Kemet out of yeah. Notre Dame, 6'6", 262, Tyler Eifert type size. Um, didn't produce a ton, but he's he's fast, not a great blocker, so he's got some work to do. Um, I had him as my third. 
Is there a reason why Thaddeus Moss is so low on so many boards? Well, I think the problem is some some people are definitely concerned that he's is his is his is he's Randy Moss's son. So is he is he getting the, the hype because he's Moss's son? Um, he's athletic like his father. Um, definitely needs to be a better blocker though. He's got to be a guy. He's very Jordan Reed like. He's going to be outside a lot. Um, you know, he's not. He's going to be a guy that if he's on the field, you think might be a pass as opposed to a run, and that hurts your stock. As opposed to like a Colby Parkinson out of Stanford, who is more of a blocker. So like it's going to go back and forth, but that's probably why Moss is low. And again, he's also was playing in an offense with multiple first round picks. So did he just have success because he was in that kind of an offset? Sure, sure. All right, let's move to offensive line because tight ends are uh, a little barren. But Matt, I feel like O line is going to be another one we hear a lot, especially on Thursday night. But I feel like the entire three-day period of the draft, we're going to be hearing a lot of offensive linemen coming off the board. Well, you build at the lines, and good, smart teams will do this. The weird thing is there's a big four-tackle group here, and no one knows who teams like the most. Mm -hmm. They all measure very equally in a lot of ways. Um, You've got Tristan Wirfs of Iowa. You've got Andrew Thomas of Georgia. You've got Jarek Wills of Alabama, and you've got uh, McKee Becton of Louis, uh, Louisville, excuse me. Um, all four could go first. All four could go last. There's not a ton of known quantities here. Um, so this makes it difficult. Sure. Uh, Andrew Thomas was the guy all year that people thought would be the first guy taken, that he was the best. Um, he played in massively big games at Georgia. Um, they like him. I think he probably has, to me, the highest ceiling. Uh, but he needs to he needs to be bend, more bendable is a word they use to, t- to take care of fast pat, fast speed rushers off of the edge. Um, I have him as my number two. He's 6'5", 315. He's big time, and he's played in big time games. Okay. Um, where, do you, where do you have Thomas on your board of the four? Uh, I have him third. I okay. really like Tristan Wirfs. Out of Iowa, okay. I feel like the corn-fed corn fed boy is going to uh, <laughs> go to the Big Apple and do some serious uh, work for Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants. Uh, and then I have Wills as my number two. I have him going to help out Kyler Murray with the Arizona Cardinals, although I feel like they could take any of these guys and, and hit a home run. Um, Thomas, I mentioned it with the Jets that I think they do the logical pick and take it t- and take an offensive lineman. So I have him going there. I feel like that he may really help out that squad and what really needs an offensive line and has for the last couple years. And it's focused on some other things. So that's where I have him. I feel like you mentioned it though. Any of these guys could be an absolute slam dunk. I feel like Becton right. is a guy who I feel like could is- be the best. Good. And I have him actually going third. I have the Browns taking him just because he's so huge and could be a great great addition to that offensive line to help out Baker Mayfield. But I like Thomas as my number three. Gotcha. Yeah, so I I think in terms of plug-and-play, I I think tackle plug-and-play, Wills and Thomas are my first two. Okay. If you want a guy day one. Worse, he, before the draft prospect, uh, process he was actually more of a guard or right tackle 
prospect. He blew people away at the combine. He gave some front offices the ability to think that maybe he could be a tackle, especially left tackle. But I have heard that some teams think he would be a superstar guard because of his abilities. Same thing, though. If He's another guy that needs to work on the speed rush, which you hear a lot um, in college. It's all about trying to work on, on that speed rush because they have to learn how to you know, kick out faster. Um, I think Wirfs has – they all have the potential to be starters. I just think Wills and Thomas are more polished, while Becton Wirfs might be more have more of a seal. Like, Becton's 6'7", 357. He's a big boy. He runs fast. Right. He's a freak. There have been some concerns about – his love of football, which is a little, little concerning at times. Um, but I've heard some of that might be pre-draft buzz to try to get somebody to not take him. He doesn't, he's the guy that needs to get, which sounds weird. He actually needs to be, get stronger and more physical. He needs to get that mentality of being a bull. He appears to be better against the pass. Some teams will like that in today's NFL, but, a, but they think that maybe a three, four, you know, um, defensive end like J.J. Watt would simply honestly run him over, which, again, sounds wild because of his strength, because yeah. uh, of his size. But it happens. Yeah. Um, but Beckham's a big time. Like, Wills, same with Thomas, played in a lot of big games. Um, he was a right tackle at, at Alabama, but don't let that fool you. Tua was a lefty. So he was the blind side blocker for Tua, which is important. But a team could also do what like, the Eagles did with Lane Johnson and place him in as as a right tackle, you know, lays the best right tackle in football, in my opinion. It's not even close. Um, Hell yeah. The Giants could be the first one. I, I I think the Giants are an interesting position. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. But I do think the Giants could be the first team to take an offensive tackle. If I think they should if be. They've had an, but I don't think they will because they signed Nate Soldier to that big deal. How can you, how can you do that? Um, yeah, but okay. the Giants could do it. I honestly think starting at four, that he could be taken. Um, I think the farthest someone will fall would be the Buccaneers at 14. I think all four will go before that. Yeah, like I, I think 14 a, is the absolute last spot a guy would go. Yeah, I have I have all four going through the first 11 picks. So I, I agree with you there. I think yeah. them and the, and the quarterbacks, the three of them, are going to definitely be within the top, within that, at least top 14 to you know be conservative on, on your on your prediction. Um, and I think there's different guys that sneak in there. We're going to get to it in a second when we get to defensive players. But these guys are the real deal. I think they're. it's really hard when there's guys that are this high up on people's boards and they have this size, they have this kind of speed. It's really hard to fuck up an offensive lineman first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. And I think all four, like I said, yeah, to you, like the guy, Beckton would be the one guy that is my biggest bust potential concern. Sure. Um, just because he didn't necessarily have the same film that a lot of the other guys had. He needs to be in a good, he needs to have a good coach, is what, you know. But the size alone, um, King Dunlap is a usable left tackle in the NFL. Used to be an Eagle, you know, never was elite, but he used the size. Can Beckton be that? We hope he can. Mm-hmm. Um, my fifth would be austin jackson okay out of um out of um usc uh usc big six five three twenty two yep um smart uh, you know decent i've heard a, another guy that might be able to plug and play either at left or right tackle he makes some mistakes uh but he's pretty good he's gotten exposed a little bit but i i think he's a a really good player and a team will be really happy with him in this maybe end of the first but probably second round okay 
So if one of these teams takes like a wide receiver or an offense or a defensive lineman or a linebacker, this is the kind of guy you take in the second um, that I have at fifth. Who do you have as your fifth? I actually have uh, one of your guys, Matty D. I have Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. Uh, oh, I, I apologize. I did not know we were doing. Uh, we were doing. I thought we were just doing tackle. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I was doing all offensive That's okay. line. No, no, no. I apologize. That's that fine. A... No, 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 no. That's fine. Well, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. You're okay. Ruiz, by the way, is my top. Um, top guard. Non-tackle. Yeah, guard yeah. center. Top yeah. guard center. Right. Yeah, yeah. Robert Hunt out of Louisiana Lafayette is my number. Is is right there with him. Yeah, he'll I've be heard fun. A lot to watch. of people really like him. Yep. Yep. Yes, so um, I have him, and, and then a, yeah. as a close sixth, I have I have Josh Jones, um, the coming, Houston tackle. Yeah, right? coming out of yep. Houston. Um, yeah, I feel like both guys they they bring you know some speed to the line. They'll they'll be good in protection. Ruiz, obviously from a bigger name program, but Houston was pretty solid throughout the last couple of years. Um, nice. Both backed up or both guarded for some good uh, some good good enough quarterback and running back play. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like them both actually to go in the first round late for teams that again, I'm, I'm thinking they probably go a little more logic. I know the Seahawks could go a number of different ways with their pick at 27, but I see them taking him at a little more protection for Russell Wilson and, and the younger running backs they have there. Uh, and then I actually have the Titans taking Joshua Jones at 29th. Um, Cause I, de- you saw it in the playoffs. They were desperately in need of something to, uh, Give a little more time yeah. for Ryan Tannehill. So I feel like that's almost a lock <laughs> that they take an offensive lineman. Yeah. Let me give you two other names to think about for offensive linemen. One is Solomon Kinley of Georgia, right next to Thomas. Massive. The biggest concern with him is that he's 6'3, 337, and there's concerns about his weight control. But teams think if they can get him eating right, and, being, and getting down to a, a playable weight because of speed in the NFL, that he could be a special guard prospect. This is a guy that's going to go third or fourth round that you might hear about in a couple of years as being a starter and being really, really good. Um, smart teams, this is where they thrive, and that three to five range of finding interior offensive linemen. The other guy is Tyler uh, uh, Badeyes from Wisconsin. He's a center. I mean, if you're going to draft an offensive lineman, draft a Wisconsin offensive lineman. They mm-hmm. are fantastic. Very good. Um can do everything, has the ability to pull properly, which is really nice. Um, and centers are super underrated. We've seen that kind of bounce back a little bit at times. There's another guy that I would like in that third to fourth round. There's a prospect the Eagles should take a look at, right? With Kelsey, you know, getting older, there's a guy you, you think about. I know they've met with Ruiz in this process too. Um, could see or seriously see them taking a mid-round center to eventually take over for Jason Kelsey. I like it. Uh, but, Matt, before we so, move on, yeah, you know we get accused a lot, Matt. You and me being very Philadelphia homers, being huge homers, and very Philadelphia biased. So I got to ask you, where's the Temple product going, Matt Hennessy? Oh well, so I think my biggest concern with Hennessy, he's only three oh seven. Um, that he needs to get stronger. I, I think he's quick and athletic. I like that, um, but I don't, you know, just needs to get a little bigger. Um, to deal with a lot of the oomph that can occur I like um, in the NFL, especially up front. That being said, we've seen smaller, quicker uh, centers such as Jason Kelsey have success. I think he's going to be a fourth to fifth round prospect who will sit a couple years, get that NFL conditioning and strength program in like 24-7, and you could see him actually be really, really good 
because you can't teach the athleticism and speed. You can build the strength. Um, there's another steal. Like these are the guys that you have, like when your team takes a mid round guard or center, that's good. That means your team is building their team properly. I would really like him on the bird. That'd be a great pick. Making me excited about Hennessy coming over. Um, maybe Kelsey teach him a little bit about hitting the weight, weight room. Not that he's like weak, it. by the way, because he's an NFL football player, but he's weak in that way. I like, good, good shout out. I almost forgot about him. Thank love you for it. picking him out. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, Matt rules out there. Could take his temple guys. There you go. You know that's why oh, he way, took the XFL quarterback. Oh, uh, Will uh, PJ um, PJ Walker. Name? Walker. I said William. He's yeah. a te- he's a Temple I, prospect. I know. He was and a temple while guy. Like while him. he was in the NF or the XFL, Matt Rule and him would would have a call every week where they go over his XFL tape. That's cool. Yeah. So he. I like uh, that. Yeah, he's he's fitting right in. But um, yeah, had to had to throw that out there with uh you know like we get throw we get a lot of local bias, properly act proper accusations because we do love our, our fair city, but had to throw it out there even though neither of us went to Temple. Uh, let's let's go let's move on though. Uh, so we got yeah we covered offensive line and now let's talk. Do you want to do just lump all defensive linemen in? Edge oh, and I wanted D-line. to do pass. I wanted to do pass rushers. Let me be okay. specific why I say that. Three. I want to do four three defensive ends and three four outside linebackers. I like and it. Pass rushers. Okay. And then we'll save the the defensive tackles. We'll go through them relatively quickly. There's a couple big names. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think everyone has the same pass rusher at the top of their list. Yeah. If you don't, then you have not been not, paying attention to yeah. to anything related to football. In the last and that's on you. six months. Chase Young is a, considered a better pro prospect than Nick Bosa. You're not hearing anything about him because, A, he's not most likely not going number one. Although, I wouldn't hurt the Bengals if they did. Um, I hate the fact that he might be a Redskin. Really hope they trade out. But um, 6'5", 264, 4'9", He is amazing um he's fast he's got good strength all the moves you want took over games this year took over games this year at ohio state um he had 16 and a half sacks six force fumbles he blocked a kick um he had four sacks against wisconsin which is shocking because of how good the wisconsin offensive line normally is um uh, you know, and he had a good year in 2018 with 15.5 uh, uh, tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks. There's little that you can poke at his game. Like he is just a superstar that I'm upset the Redskins might have. Yeah, it's a, you know selfishly it's a bummer that they might, but he's going to have a fun pro career to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, you mentioned it, the complete package and. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun to see how he goes. I think if there's any year for us to add IDPs into our Dynasty League, this is the year. I've been pushing for it since this thing started three years ago, and Chase Young would be the reason why to do it. But, um, yeah, he Nick Bosa's an interesting comparison because I feel like he has the exact opposite attitude that Nick Bosa had. This guy just loves to play football. And who, whoever takes him, and I'm sure it's going to be the Redskins, I doubt they're going to trade out, 
they seem pretty locked in unless yeah they, they get, seem like, pretty locked in King but ransom right yeah yeah it, this, this would have to be the rg3 trade so almost reverse rg3 because the redskins you know gave I up would so, much, so, so much someone offers them three first, if someone offers them three first round picks i, I it's gonna be hard to say no well that's what the browns the did have a lot of uh, well the redskins have a lot of other needs too yeah um so right yep yeah, if you look at so, so just a quick aside, if you look at what the Browns got and the massive haul they got from the Eagles for Carson Wentz and what they continued to turn that into because they kept trading a lot of those picks back, um, they the Browns ended up getting a ton for Carson. Right. But anyway, oh, yeah. Um, oh. yeah. So you you continue to drive the bus here because you're with your pass rushing. Sure. I, yeah. I kind of did it a little I- differently. That's okay. My second pass rusher is a guy that actually really makes me nervous. Is Caleb uh, on uh, Chase on out of LSU? Yep. Probably going like to be a three-four outside linebacker. Got every measurable you want, but I see a lot of Ben Jarvis Mingo here. Oh, Over interesting. First round pick, also out of LSU, who had all the physical traits that you wanted, but didn't have the football ability. Now, a football mind. Now, I don't. I think Chase might be a little bit more football smart than um, than Mingo was. <laughs> But I, I do think he's going to have to learn a lot of how to be a NFL player beyond just getting to the to the pass to the to the quarterback. Sure. Um, but I thought you were going to talk about injuries because that's a concern. No, no, of mine. The, the injury thing is concerning too. Yeah. But he does he actually does have decent pass um, defense skills in terms of like man to man. But the, you know. He just he's not huge though, so a lot of if you're gonna you can run at him. So my concern is he may become somewhat of a situational pass rusher okay. where you bring him in when when on third and long, and that's tough to take a guy high in the first round if he's gonna be a situational rusher. But I do think he sits at number two for me. I think there's a decent drop off to number three in terms of pass rushers. I have did you have him at two by the way before? I know that. Yeah, bas- had basically had him at okay. two. Yeah. Yeah, I had uh, Yedder Gross Matos, the offense uh, outside linebacker for Penn State, next. Yeah. Um, didn't blow the combine away, but he's a good run defender. Um, I think he's probably a strong side three-four outside linebacker. I can um, see that. But he's a good. He's a good player. He's basically, to me, a poor man's Chase Young. Same size, not the same pass rushing skills. I think he's a first rounder, though. I think the team will take him. Um, he's a guy that you can still have on the field for all three downs. So and I think that's why a team might like him more than Chase uh, Chase on, who doesn't have that maybe three down playing. So I I agree with you there. I had him third in my. I basically took what. Everyone in mock drafts has been calling edge players. and So I think we're actually similar in what this was. Okay. But I had him third. Yeah. I had him uh, uh, obviously had Chase Young going two to, to the Redskins. I had Chase on going at 19 to the Raiders. Although I, I feel like the Raiders could try to do something funky with that pick. Um, yeah. I just, my This whole thing on the NFL site assumes no trades. And then I actually have Gross Matos going to the Dolphins, who with their with Smart. their third pick in the first round, pick him to to help out with their defense. If you remember, I had them taking Tua and DeAndre Swift, yeah. so they need to help out their defense there. So I had had yep. him going twenty sixth, and then I do have one other guy, my fourth guy, still going in have? the first round. Um, I do have for my edge guy, I have. AJ Espenza from Iowa. Uh, okay. I have him going I like at the tail lot. end with a 49ers second 
first round pick at 31 yeah. going there. Obviously, they traded DeForest Buckner to acquire the 13th pick. I don't know if they immediately try to address it and go after a guy like Chase on or for a wide receiver. I feel like they go with a different guy that we're going to talk about in a little bit. So I feel like they do try to address that here with a guy who is still up there and in maybe not the top tier, but still an upper echelon guy, if that makes sense um, to try to make some noise here. I could also see the 49ers trading out of that pick or if they do something with their 13th pick and then maybe go for chase on or, or maybe even, Gross Matos or this guy, if, if they want to address in the first round, there might be the, the opportunity to. And certainly with defensive track records, there there certainly is in the second, third round, and certainly later in the draft. But I like, yeah, I I like the fit think, there. I definitely think um, AJ Appenza, he's downtrending thanks to his um, pre-draft workouts. Didn't do anything people thought he was going to do. Okay. That being said, he's big, 6'6", 275, can probably be 4'3", maybe 3'4", outside linebacker. You got to look – he's the guy that you got to believe his tape is going to be – is going to show more than his workouts because he – I mean, against Austin Jackson, a guy that I like, he had a massive multi-sack performance against Nebraska. He had 14 tackles and two sacks. Um, he produced a ton on the field. Um and so, I, you know, he's a guy that someone's going to have to take and say, look, I wanna, I'm want i throwing away his postseason stuff um, just because he was a high, high pick coming into the pre-draft process and his workouts and his combine numbers did not impress. Um, but I think he's a smart guy who's going to go to a team. Like I see him on a, the Patriots having a lot of success. Sure, I like that. Yeah. I do have a fifth. Um, and – is back on out of uh, Wisconsin, 6'2", 240, so very undersized. But they want him to be a 3-4. I've seen him in a couple late uh, – a couple pit, like late round mo- – uh, first round mocks. Um, very fast, a ton of speed. I've heard that they might think he can play inside 3-4 and then su- and the sub-package move to the outside. So he's a guy that I think opposite of uh, Appenza that he's – done a lot to help himself but he also had 12 and a half sacks this year for wisconsin so undersized but i think that they i think he's going to get taken higher i think teams are going to fall in love with him i like it i don't know if this i did have two other go ahead go i was gonna say i, I think he would because he's a defensive end um i really like jonathan greenard from florida who i feel like yes i do yep. yeah i know he he's kind of had a similar uh, combine pro day but i feel like that florida defense was really good he was a big part of it I feel like he's probably a second or third round guy that if you see that name come across your team's draft board and they don't take him, you should be a little bummed out about when he's in Mel Kuyper's best available and, and your team doesn't take him. Yeah. Yeah. Greenard is a smart pass rusher. He's got a lot of moves already. The thing is, they don't know if his physical skill set will keep up, but mm-hmm. I like him too. The other two guys, one is Josh uh, Ushi, a former Michigan man. So I always said, I got to bring him up. He's <laughs> undersized, but he might be a situational pass rusher, which is, which is nice. Another guy that I think is being overlooked is Anfreen uh, An- Jennings out of Alabama. It's an injury issue with him. He okay. had a bad knee. They fa- he almost had lost his leg. But it was somewhat of a freak thing. He's back. 4-6-40, little undersized, but another rotational outside linebacking pass rusher. I think he's a guy that could get taken earlier 
or, or later and either way have a productive if in the right situation. So I really like him. I wanted to throw him out as a guy that I would be very happy with if I was a team with a 3-4 set, 3-4 defense to take him as a situational pass rusher in the fifth, maybe fourth round. But he could go as high as third if a team falls in love. I like it. Well, that would move us to defensive tackles. Yes. I think there's a big two. Yeah, definitely right? a big two. Um, I feel like the th- number three guy is probably a second rounder, but if he pops up at the tail end of the first round, it wouldn't be totally a shock. Yep. Yeah. Well, who, who do you like? I mean, the big two is, is Derek Brad of Auburn and Javon Kinlaw of South Carolina. Yeah. Um, both probably project to be four, three defensive tackles, although they might be able to sneak into that three, four defensive end, but I doubt it. So I really like Derek Brown. I have him one, but Me it's too. very close. I think I think he they might go, go as high as seven. Yeah, I have Derek Brown going seventh to the Panthers. Um, I feel there like they go. they want to address that. They want to get back to, you know, what made them really good in the in the prime Ron Rivera years. Uh, especially since offensively they got they kind of have to figure out where they're going with Teddy Bridgewater. I feel like they 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 need to address that a little differently than try to get young guys in there with so much turnover. Um, get the defense settled up. And then I think Kinlaw goes ninth to the Jaguars with all the different turmoil that's going on in Jacksonville. I feel like they want to try to get some guys in there that are young. They probably want to build from the defense that way because they've traded away some. Other guys want to get the hell out of there. So just address it now. Try to figure out something where you can add that fifth-year option like you were talking about with some other guys. Um and I feel like that's that's where they go. I feel like they're both top 10 picks. Yeah. And it's weird. There's a lot of teams that might get lucky with these guys because of runs on tackles and wide receivers. Sure. You know, he, some of these guys could fall. Like, like I, I could see Kinlaw falling into the middle of of uh, maybe like 14, 15, 16. That's not saying point. he will. I'm not saying he should. I'm just, you know, the runs could create different situations. Um, yeah, I do think there's a pretty substantial drop-off. Um, I go back and forth. Who did you have as third? Yeah, so third I had um, I had Brad uh, Blacklock. Why did I say Brad? Uh, I, me too, of TCU. Yeah, from TCU. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like there's a – it's like it's Brown and Kinlaw, Blacklock, and then four or five and the rest. I feel like he's kind of in his own category. Um, mm-hmm. Solid guy, pretty big, a little underweight comparatively to the rest of the position. But he's really fast, and I feel like TCU, certainly in the last couple of years, has, has not had the best you know run at it. But this guy has, right. is able to get to the quarterback. He's able to, to really jam it up the middle because of his speed. And I feel like if he can put on some weight, he might have the ability to, to get it done in the NFL. Yeah, I, I had him as three. I go back and forth. He's got some injury issues, issues somewhat of a one-year wonder. But I like him. Um, I think at worst, situational pass rushing defensive pass. Mm-hmm. is where I would put him. Um, I Now it gets tough because I actually like Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. Okay. He is definitely a is – he a, is he a defensive end in a 3-4? Is he a 4-3 you know, a a defensive tackle? I'm not sure. Play next to Brown, so that gives you a, a little bit of a pause. Um, they say he's tough. He's physical. He he is a, is a gamer. Um and he's got some good special teams talents, which is always nice. Yeah, I slotted him in his. I slotted him in his fourth. 
Um, and there's a, he has a, a slim first round choice, a chance if a team really likes him to kind of get back involved. I could see a team taking him late in the first um, and having some success with him. And then I had Justin uh, Matabuki as my fifth. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I flipped them, but I like them both more so than get, uh, okay. Gailamore from Oklahoma, mainly just because yeah. they both played in the SEC. Laquan Davis of Alabama was up there, but I yeah I thought yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like the, the SEC carries a little more weight to it. I know that sounds really cliche, but I I just feel like that, that the type of talent they face both in terms of O-linemen as well as running backs and being able to stop them, I feel like adds a little more oomph onto their resume. Yeah, yeah. Now, Raekwon Davis of Alabama is, is important to note because he's probably the best nose tackle prospect. Teams love him. He's got his, they call it like a, like an anchor. He's going to, the guy that you're going to draft and never know he's on your team, but he's going to do a ton, six, seven, three, eleven. Um, I just felt like he had, he's more of a two down player. Yeah. While some of the other guys have the three down ability as a pass rusher. But they, again, Davis is the kind of guy you take knowing that you're, no one's going to love him. You know, it, 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 he's very Javon Hargrave, if you will, right? A nose tackle. Um, you know, so anyway, there's another guy to keep an eye on. Um, could have some success as that nose tackle position. No, I like it. What's well, um, shifts linebacker? Yeah, let's go to linebackers. And I'm I'm including. So this is just inside line, like middle linebackers and outside linebackers in a four three. So these are while they might have pass rushing ability. You no, know, yeah, I think there's an easy number one. Yeah, it's definitely Isaiah Simmons. Uh, is he even that... a linebacker? Is he just a defensive player? That's what I've seen him like labeled as. Like they don't I... even know what he's going to play. Yeah, I have him as linebacker, but. You know. No, no. I mean, what I mean by that is his versatility. Oh is yeah. Oh, just... oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. The 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 versatility aspect of it is uh, it's otherworldly. I feel like he's well, he played strong safety, cornerback, slot corner, inside linebacker, and outside linebacker at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at times he was the only quote unquote linebacker on the field. Um, he can can rush the passer. He can cover. He's really, really fast. Um, somebody is going to take him and love him. I mean, like that's how good he is. Um, the question is where. Uh, and there's always a concern with a guy who has he ran a four three nine by the way, so like couldn't be faster. Two thirty eight, so he's not he's not light, if you will, for a linebacker. I guess the question is, are teams afraid he's a tweener? But he's he's going to go in the top ten as early as four to the Giants, maybe even three to the, to the, to the Lions. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think the farthest he drops is Arizona at eight. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see what ends up happening with him because of how crazy this draft could go. I think because of the depth and a number of different positions, O-line and wide receiver specifically, but it also depends on the on the D-backs and where different players go. You mentioned the Lions could take him. The Giants could. I mean, who knows? The Dolphins could say Justin Rosen or Josh Rosen is our is our dude, and we don't want to take a quarterback. So here we go. Wait, do, you know, do you know that Josh Rosen is two months younger than Joe Burrow? Isn't that wild? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yep. I did but not know I, that. I, I mean, honestly, if, if I found out today that the Eagles traded up to third with Miami – I'm uh, sorry, third with uh, Detroit, Detroit and took Simmons, I would be happy. Now, even though I know we wouldn't do that, it's going to take a lot. But he he is 
like he's just really really good I, that's, oh yeah he's I, really I, I good know what I'll say. i mean he's a seems like a surefire can't miss um arizona would get a steal at him at eight if he falls that far yeah it, it again it's going to be a really interesting conversation of how this all runs because i think mm-hmm. i think they should address offensive line because that was a huge concern with Kyler Murray's rookie year. It's part of why David Johnson had such a struggle to get off the ground. Um, but you're right. If they pick him up and they, they strengthen their defense and say, you know what, Kyler Murray can Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk and an aging Larry Fitzgerald, just get it to them as fast as we can. And boom, um, that'd be really interesting. And, and you know, now they have Deandre Hopkins too. So that always helps. Right. But um, yeah, the, it, Isaiah Thomas is, or Isaiah Simmons Jesus, basketball is really <laughs> screwing up my mind. All these 30 for 30s. Um, but yeah, he's definitely the number one of linebackers. I think it's a toss-up for two between Murray from uh, from Oklahoma and Patrick Queen mm-hmm. from LSU. But I feel it's really like tight. it's it, it kind of depends on your scheme of how you want to fit these guys in. Murray has the size and you know the, I feel like he's probably a better tackler. But mm-hmm. Queen is he is fun. He is he could he could be that guy that if somebody goes over the middle, this guy all of a sudden has the ball and is just picking off dudes left and right. I only I know he only had one pick in 2019, but I feel like he if he figures out how to re, you know he's he's pretty good at reading defenses and he figures that out in the NFL level, he could be pretty he could be pretty special. Yeah, I, I'm really excited with these two. I go back and forth, and we're going to talk about it shortly, but one of these two could be the Eagles pick, and I would mm-hmm. be very happy with either one. I like Queen a little better. I think he's still developing. I think he's a better modern-day NFL linebacker. I don't think Murray's bad. Murray's more of a thumper, um, but I, I feel like Queen's more of a sideline-to-sideline coverage guy. Again, they're really close. Um, I think, But, again, I, I think Queen has slightly higher upside than Murray. Um, but Mur- Murray can – can fly to I me mean, they're both right there in terms of speed um they're both got great work work ethic i think both are really 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 smart picks um the question is who do you think is a better pass defender that's what i need in linebackers in today's nfl and yeah. Patrick queen gives me a little bit more but not a lot so i would um i would go queen but it's really tight to me um yeah i agree and then yeah. it, then there's a a, a teardrop for the next guys yeah. i know that a lot of people really like bond from from wisconsin mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like he, he might be a little too jumped up on, on boards. I feel like this is a guy that we're not going to hear his name for a while. Um, and I feel like you could make a debate with him in, in Akeem Davis-Gaith here from Appalachian State, who I feel like might be a little underrated because of the school he went to. That happens a lot. I definitely agree with that. I, I actually, other guy, I mean, so, because Bond's more of the pass rushing type. I had Jordan Brooks of Texas Tech. Okay, um, yeah, I like him a lot he's, too. He's really smart like the kind of guy that you plug i see a, a big time tackler um you know so i like him i think he's going to be a, a potentially like a day one starter to me um okay. for, for an inside linebacker specifically um definitely agree with what you're saying about bond um and i think you're right with davis gaither i mean being where he went you know is, is he going to be is he going to have the can he step up to the big time game right yeah. away if you will right yeah that's probably so, it yep. um a guy i have a, that i'm really not sure what to think of and i'm hoping you can shed some light on malik harrison from ohio state i feel like 
coming from a big name program, kind of the reverse of of uh, Davis Gaith here. But I, you know, I don't know what to think of him because he's. I don't know. I just feel like he he's been in college for all four years. I feel like you see a lot of Ohio State guys leave early. I don't know exactly what to make of him. Like if the Eagles picked him in the third round, should I be excited? Yeah. I, I, so I, to your point, why didn't he leave early? I definitely why definitely get early? that. Um, why didn't he leave early? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I just yeah. I think he's a good player. I think he was. I think he's very similar to a lot of linebackers that we've had. Um. So I don't think you're going to get a superstar there, but you might, you might like something like that. And it might be helpful, you know, to bring in a guy in the middle in a third or fourth round that that's a day one starter and that doesn't need a lot of coaching. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, not this. Uh, yeah. There's not a lot of depth. I don't think to me, I didn't see there's a lot of depth to this class. Yeah. Um, after those big three we talked about, but there's definitely suitable guys and you can find linebackers non-pass rushing linebackers later in drafts that you plug and play I like similar it. to a running back if you will yep mm-hmm. trades it's just to our last position group the defensive backs i guess we'll kind of put them all together which i'm fine with is how i handled it um clear number one here oh yeah it is definitely uh, jeff akuda am i pronouncing his last name correctly yep i believe so as far as yeah. i know i feel like you mentioned we let it off the top here of that the top three is pretty much thickly penciled in. And he, yep. I feel like, is a, especially with the Lions tra- trading Darius Slay to the Eagles, it's almost a lock they're going to take this guy to replace him. He, I most feel like. What would you say? I think most, pe- most people are assuming that, yes. I- I'm less convinced only because it's just. It- it's-, it's so weird when you trade. They also signed. Um, uh, what's his name uh, from the Falcons? Um, not signed, traded for. Um, who's the corner from the Falcons? Oh yeah, but anyway, Yeah, as we're as we're looking him up, I just feel like Akuda is he checks all the boxes that you want out of a defensive prospect. This guy can cover a number of different players that have different skill sets in terms of wide receiver whether you want to move him inside a little bit although depending on where you go with the lions with them having a pretty solid linebacking core um that you don't necessarily have to do that but he could he can cover whatever he's six one almost the perfect size for it he's a quick uh quick off the ball i feel like he has pretty good he has the pretty good reading ability of seeing a defense had three picks last year in 12 games uh, yeah, I just feel like him comparatively to the next couple guys, I feel like there's a clear number two. I don't know if you disagree with that, but I feel like far and away is the best defensive player in the NFL draft or outside of Chase Young, best defensive player in the NFL draft in 2020. <laughs> I would say Simmons is close, but I, I mean, I agree that Okuda, I mean, he's, I mean they, they consider him a better prospect than Jalen Ramsey and Denzel Ward. Very cerebral too. Just checks every box. Well, my question is, which way did you go? Did you stay with cor- – are you staying with corner or are you going to safety? Uh, I stayed with corner. I think C.J. Henderson yeah. is uh... – C.J. Henderson. And I, yeah. I don't think it's close. The next guy is actually probably another Ohio State guy, uh, Damon Arnett. Um, yeah, he's solid. Although, I, yeah, I like Trayvon Diggs. Cousin, I think. Uh, no, brother of Stefan Diggs, by the way. Um, needs a little development, but I little, think he's – Little Diggs he's really on good. Diggs? I have him as my fifth defensive back on the field, but I do have Henderson um, next 
By the way, Diggs is 6'2", 199. Great size, just needs some polish. Um, I do have C.J. Henderson as my second. 4-3-9, so he's wicked fast, which everyone loves. Um, yeah, he can definitely cover with the best of them. And I think he's going to be more of an Asante Samuel in terms of, like, playing off ball. Um, and so that's, yeah, so that's what he's going to have to learn how to do. But he's he's really good. Not a great tackler. That's something that is going to be a concern. Teams will try to run at him if they can um, to make him tackle. Okay. Um, I did, yeah, so kind of mixing, just mixing through it. Um, I had Xavier McKinley fairly high safety. Um, I have him sadly going to the Cowboys, but I think he's going to have a pretty fun pro, pro career. Uh, he's coming out of Alabama, six foot, 200 pounds. I feel like this guy can get it done pretty, pretty well too. I know that comparatively yeah. to other safeties, he's a little, a little slower, not a, not as shifty, but I feel like he reads the ball well. He can kind of move move around if you want to stack the box a little bit. I feel like he can he can yeah. uh, help out in that way. I think he's very versatile. He's not he does there's not a pigeonhole free safety, strong safety. A lot of teams are kind of going back to uh, having two safeties that do everything. Um, so I like that for him. He's definitely a little undersized, but he can definitely tackle to do everything you want him to do. Um, yeah, I think he's a good pick. I think he's a safe pick. Um, I had him just over Grant Delpit of LSU. Yeah, Delpit Delpit's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, he was a top five prospect going into the year. Um, it, it probably needs to become a box safety, though. Doesn't necessarily have the feet, the speed. I was about to ask, um, is, that, is that the big three, concern? Because there is an injury. There yeah. are injury history, right? Yeah, he's okay injury-wise. Yeah, no, he got a little bit this year. Because he has versatility, too. He's got a little bit too. this year, but – yeah, uh, he's probably going to end up being a box safety just because he doesn't have the elite deep ball speed. Um, but he's, he's already got that frame for it. Um, great man-to-man against tight ends, can be the eighth man in the box. He did play the single high safety at LSU, but I don't know if his speed is going to keep up with the NFL size. Um, someone's going to like him. Like I, I feel like someone's going to be like, wow, this guy can play. So um, I think he's going to be a gamer. I see a little like Malcolm Jenkins in him in terms okay. of becoming a really, really good in the box safety, but that can still do a little over the top. I like it. Um, Solid. In terms of like somebody else out there that maybe makes you excited, a guy that I like is a Michigan man. I come up with him all the time. Kalik Hudson, though, he's a pure box safety at uh, 218. Um, he made a lot of plays this year for Michigan. I watched a lot of their games, so I got to see him somebody's going to like him a lot. Um, and Austin Davis of Cal is another guy. Ashton Davis? Serious upside. He had uh, – Ashton Davis, excuse me. Excuse yeah. me. Um, didn't show on tape but had a really good uh, combine and such. But he missed missed a lot of tackles. So the question is, he's athletic, but will he – can he be a, a ragey center field, fielder? I heard Chris Conte as a, as a, a comp. Interesting. Um, a guy I might like. Yeah. Yeah, so I just Googled Austin Davis that. to see what he was up to. I did not realize he was with the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, the, the quarterback? The quarterback, yeah. Yeah. As you said it, yeah. and I was like, what's he up to? And gave it a quick <laughs> Google, and he's with the uh, with the. You know, another team. guy that comes up on a lot of lists is uh, is Christian Fulton of LSU. He played across from the true freshman, Derek Stingley, who will probably be a top five pick when he comes out because he was amazing. He had some bad tape, but he had some good tape. 
Um, he didn't look good against Texas or Clemson, which definitely hurts him. Um, but so I think that's going to drop him. But I think a team might get might really like him. It's also tough when you're playing against across from a shutdown corner; they're going to throw at you. Um, so and AJ Terrell is the other guy out of Clemson as well. Yeah, yeah. had he's, some rough he's, games. He's but someone also, I have kind of a circle around for a second or third round pick. Yeah, it needs to get more physical, stronger, but he had a lot of really good games, and then he had some tough games against the big opponents, which is a tough look. But I think the team might get him and be a really nice number two corner eventually. I like it. All right. Well, that uh, that does our, our positional picks. I know uh, we talked about doing an all-draft team. How do you want to approach that? Do you just want to have our consensus of who we think is the best at each? Or how do you want to do that? Or, or save well, that? Well, I mean, for... I was – I mean, it... No, if you want to, well, well, we could save it for after the draft and kind of do our best. Uh, yeah, I like that. Do a draft recap. Okay, let's, let's do, do that. that as a draft recap, and we can say like, who do we like with with various fits? Um, in that case, let's go over to to the questions that we got. See what? Uh, yes, please. I love it. Well, Maddie D thinks we'll start with the one that I think you've seen on Twitter. Uh, I tweeted out, you know, send out our picks on my own personal Twitter, but I tagged Thunderblog, so Matt would have seen it there. And I still tagged your regular Twitter as well. Uh, this is from Matt Marcus, uh, who is a buddy of mine I used to work with at what was formerly ESPN Radio of the Lehigh Valley, now Fox Sports of the Lehigh Valley. He's also the voice of Lehigh women's basketball and just started his own podcast, Matt, called That'll Leave a Mark. Now it's a little play on words with his last name. But he's a 49ers <laughs> fan, and he wants to know, if the 49ers traded Buckner for the 13th pick and don't walk away with an impact player, was it worth it? Great question. I mean, obviously never getting never a first round bust is never, it's never worth a first round bust. Um, but if they were to get somebody that maybe isn't a superstar, is that fine? I would say yes. Uh, the first reason I say yes is because if, if they kept Buckner, first of all, they wouldn't have gotten, um, been able to keep, uh, Arif Armstead, and I know that he hasn't produced as much as Buckner, but he's a little younger. It also is a nice cap relief for them because Buckner is going to be expensive to keep. So I definitely like that. Um, I guess the question is where do they go? So if they swing for the fences and go after like a Henry Ruggs, if that comes up short, they're, that, that's not a good look. Although they don't have a lot of other holes, but they do need help at wide receiver. Emmanuel Sanders is gone, and they've got a lot of other guys there that haven't really produced outside of Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. I... So I, I think it's, it's, it is still worth the trade if they get a usable NFL player. I personally, though, like them trading out of that spot, um, trying to find somebody who maybe needs a quarterback. If Tua or Justin drops, could somebody jump in? Could they get a receiver-needy team to give them additional picks to allow them to replenish because they're going to have to pay guys like George Kittle quite a bit of money coming up here. So – I definitely think it was still worth it. I know Buckner's a really good player, but you have riches on that defensive line. They've got some underrated guys there that are going to show up this year. Plus, D. Ford should be healthy again. So let's see if he can produce uh, more than he did this year when he was injured. So, yes, even if they don't get a superstar, if they get a decent – if they get an NFL starter out of the pick, I still think it's a good trade. Yeah, I agree with that. I have um, taking C.J. Henderson in my little NFL draft pool thing. But if they trade back and, and acquire some assets, almost like what, and I know it's not the, the best considering their uh, on-field success, but what the Browns have been able to do, especially to acquire defensive assets, I know their their front seven is, 
you're still pretty solid even having just traded Buckner. But um, if they, you know, if they do that and they trade back and get some other guys, they really fleece some team in need of whatever positions on a run. I feel like they could really make an impact there. But I, I like Henderson going to him. I feel like he could add some, you know, some extra depth in the in the back or in the defensive backfield for him. Um, yeah, I also feel like they could trade back and still get Henderson too, which would be a yeah, smart a thing point. for them to yeah. do. Um, you know, good teams with good rosters trade back. It'll also help if you, you know, if you don't if you draft the guy at twenty, it's cheaper than a guy at thirteen. So. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna go over the Instagram questions. I put up a questions poll, which I would never really done before, but I've really got a, a ton of questions. Got a lot of them. We got one from one of my buddies from high school, Michael Von Trachtenberg, who we just called Tractor, from Chicago. He's from Aurora, Illinois, which, Matt, do you know what movie is based in Aurora, Illinois? I do not. Wayne's World. Really? No, I yeah. do not know that. In Aurora. Okay. Uh, so he's a Bear, <laughs> he's a Bears fan. Should the Bears try to move back into the first round? I guess the question would be why um, they, we know they have some cap issues up there. Um, you know, who are they targeting if they decide to move back in? Um, so personally, I don't know if they have a need that would make me really feel like they have to jump back in. Okay. Um, yeah, just I agree. To be, yeah. Just to be honest, I, no. My answer is no. I don't think they should move back in. I think they have they have enough they need to figure out. Um, yeah, it's gonna. Be, but I get why you, you would think that. It's always nice to make a big splash. They did that. They got Khalil Mack. It's going to affect them for longer. But you got one of the best pass rushers in all football. So it's kind of tough to say. You know, um, I think if they do move back in, it would be for an offensive lineman. Um, so if they feel like there's a guard that they really want, they want to move up in the second round, I get that. Or if they want to try to jump back in, if a tackle drops, which I doubt, um, those would be the kind of guys I think they would be smart to try to go get. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's it's better to wait, especially given how deep a number yeah. of positions are. I've heard safety because they lost, they lost ha-ha Clinton Dix. If they're getting a safety, uh, to me, McKinney and Delpit are good, but they're not worth – you got Eddie Jackson anyway, but um, you know I don't know if you're really moving up. I mean, there's a safety prospect that could fall that would go. Oh, I got to get him, um, but maybe safety. But no, I wouldn't move up. I would stand pat and uh, continue to collect assets. Yeah, I agree. This one comes from my buddy Rob, who is also an Eagles fan. So he's wondering, outside of Lamb, Judy, are you better? And probably the rest of the Big Four, if I had to guess, are you better off waiting until the second round if you're drafting a wide receiver? Yes. I agree. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I wanted to be, I wanted to be specific, but yes. Um, and I, I've said this before. If the Eagles, if the Eagles sit at 21 and the big four are gone, I'm either trading out or picking somebody else I like solely it. because I, I can still get a guy like Mims, Rieger, um, um, uh, not Justin Ross. Um, uh, what's the, um, the tall guy from Clemson. Why am I playing not his name? Uh, hold on. Let me pull it up. Uh, um, anyway, uh, there are Hamler. There are a number of receivers. The guy from Colorado. There are so many receivers that you can get in the second round that I think are really bumped together. Um, T. Higgins, excuse me. So if, uh, I think there's so many wide receivers in that second round that you can get that I would be willing oh, to wait. We didn't even talk was. about. 
<laughs> we, we didn't even get we didn't even get to Gab, uh, uh, Gabriel Davis of Central Florida, um, Brandon Ayuk of Arizona State. I mean, there's so many receivers that you can take. So, um, no, I'm waiting until the second round if with the big four are gone. As soon as they're gone, I'm waiting. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just feel like there's there's a lot to throw up there. You mentioned a number of guys that could be Saturday, you know, Saturday superstars. Um, and I feel like there's a, a ton of these other guys out there that you you could hear someone like a, like an Aaron Fuller from Washington get thrown out in the fifth round, and you could be you could be seeing this guy be you know not necessarily a superstar, but a guy who's getting you maybe a touchdown one you know once every other game. He finishes his rookie year with seven or eight, and then turns into a double yep. digits guy. Um, I totally agree with you there. But so we, we didn't also talk- have. I mean, you have like Michael. Michael Pittman is another guy, six four, two twenty, out of USC. His father played in the NFL. Great route runner. Um, a really good. They think he's a. He has the opportunity to be a good number two receiver. You can get him in the third or fourth round. I mean, there are just this receiving totally. class is incredibly. Absolutely. Moving on, we did not talk about this team really at all. I think I might have mentioned where I thought the player was going to go to. This comes from our good buddy Greg, the other co-host of this fair podcast. He's obviously a Bostonian and a huge Patriots fan. The biggest need for the Patriots besides quarterback is. Wow. So that's a great question. Um, I think most, I think a lot of people like just on face value would say wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree. I don't either. Uh, I think their biggest need is now probably to me on the defensive side of the ball. They've lost a lot of linebackers. Um, uh, Van Noy is gone. Jamie Collins isn't there anymore. Dante Hightower is how reliable is he? Um, I, I, I'm also slightly on the safety train, especially after trading Duran Harmon, but I, I would see them with some type of linebacker who is a rush, somewhat of a rushing linebacker, but in that same, same vein of Van Noy, who was a pass rusher and a running and a uh, inside linebacker who gets tackles. I like on, out of Wisconsin to them. I like them him going there a lot. Man, did so, you read my uh, did you did I send you my picks on the no. on the NFL? I have Bond going not. to the Patriots. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I don't by the way, I absolutely do not have them trading up. No, that'd be really Belichick's not trading trading higher. If anything, yeah. he's trading out of the first round. Exactly. And that would be smart if he did because they have a lot of like little needs like that. But no, I really like Bond going to them. I think he's the kind of guy they'll figure out. Um yeah, and tight end is up there, but again, there's not enough prospects to me to make them go in the no. first round. Yeah, that, so yeah I'm this is a out on tight end. Yeah, I yeah. I wouldn't think they draft a tight end. I feel like they might sign a vet or something. Uh, right, right. But I do like like Xavier McKinney would be smart there to to get groomed by McCourty. Um, but again, I really like a linebacker uh, for them. Yeah, I think it's a smart play. All right, a two pack. I mentioned it from our buddy Tommy from Cincinnati. A big Bengals fan. First question: Does Burrow make the make the Cincinnati Bengals a playoff contender in the next two years? And secondly, he wants to know if we're ready for Burrow and the Bengals to come to the link and torch the <laughs> Eagles' pitiful secondary. Uh, let me let me let me say one thing: Burrow better be good enough to make them a playoff team in two years. I think the biggest roadblock the Bengals will have is their division because you have the Ravens who appear to be very strong. The Steelers with Big Ben back, 
and their, their defense is getting better. And a Cleveland team, that's a huge question mark, but they clearly have talent. So there's not a clear bottom feeder in that division other than the Bengals. Other divisions have two or three, two teams that are weak, and you can battle for the division title. Um, I did mention I think the Bengals are underrated. I think they have a lot of pieces, but they don't have one thing that's critically important, and that's an offensive line. Yep. And they're not necessarily – they're not addressing it with the first pick. So how are they going to build? Now, they got a couple guys coming back, Jonah Williams. Um, so they're not barren there, um, but they definitely need to get a better offensive line around uh, Burrow to let him be successful. And we're not even talking about defense. I do think their 33rd pick, the first pick in the second round, will be unless there's a quarterback that they can trade out of to give them more picks, will be an offensive tackle or an offensive line, period. Um, that would be a smart to be. way to go. Yeah. There's a number of different guys that they could take there. So, um, But they lose Cordy Glenn, uh, Cody Glenn for their tackle in free agency, so that definitely hurts. Um, but I could see them going. I think they should go offensive line there. You try to get the offense ready, and then next year you focus on the defense. Fully expect this team to have a high draft pick next year. But I will say there's a better chance in year two of them making the playoffs. Depends on how the Steelers turn out, though. Um, and if they if Big Ben is effective, that that's kind of a game changer there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And and we did not mention the, the Steelers and I'm sure we'll let's talk about them in a second. But we have one last question. So yeah. a good buddy of ours, Dave Sadusky, Shadusky, excuse me, um, You're right. who is a big Jets fan, and we mentioned a little bit of what we both thought the Jets might do. But he wants to know: Will the Jets do something classically stupid and not draft an offensive tackle to address their atrocious offensive line? I think they do. But I think it, it's a great. But I love how he worded the question because I've got some other Jets fans at work who. Like I'm begging the Jets to do the smart thing and take an offense. They all want them to take him, them to take an offensive lineman to protect Sam Darnold. Yeah, um, they the need weird to. Part is so. Here's the thing, and I because I definitely agree with Dave. I've been trying to say yes. Who exactly is catching balls for the Jets though? Too, like the cupboard is even. They lose Robbie Anderson. Who they have nothing in the way of pass catchers. Crowder. You think Le'Veon Bell had a. Uh, can he stay healthy? <laughs> I mean, they have zero. This is where I think the Jets are smart, though. They take the offensive lineman in the first round, and in the second round, they go wide receiver. Now you're still you're still touching base with both. Um, that would be to me. Yes, I think they are smart enough to do that, and I think they might. I also think they would be smart enough to trade back, aka the Eagles. There are trade proposals that I've seen that the Eagles and Jets have spoken. But the Jets, the Eagles will move up and give the Jets a number of other picks. Then they can go ahead and take care of other things. Now, you might not like that because you're not getting one of the tackles. But I, I'm a big proponent of trading back because I think you could find great value in the second, third, and fourth round. Um, it's always good to have more picks, in my opinion, than less. So if they trade it back, I think that's a smart move. It's either trade back or take a tackle to me, period, unless somebody falls, right? You know, if somebody ridiculous falls that, that's not going to, then maybe you could have Kuda or, um, or Simmons or, you know, Young were to fall. Yeah, sure. You got to be smart and take somebody like that. But no, I, I think they'll be smart um, and take the best offensive lineman available. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, yep. So we didn't mention the Steelers. That's probably the only team of 
our good friends and probably the most people that listen to this podcast, maybe the Ravens might be another one. We kind of mentioned the Giants, so we don't need to talk about them anymore. <laughs> but we don't. Let's talk about the Steelers because they don't have a first round pick at least right now. Yeah. Um, where are they standing? What do you think they can? What do you think they should do? And what could a Steelers fan expect coming out yeah, of I, this weekend? Yeah, tough not having a first rounder, but I think think if Fitzpatrick makes up for that, that defense is growing and thriving. Um, even though they lose Javon Hardrick, which is a loss. Um, I, first of all, I think a developmental quarterback, if they're not sold on Dobbs or um, Dobbs, not even there. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, the duck guy, Mason Rudolph. I, yeah. I don't personally like any of their quarter. I don't like the duck guy. All, so, um, I would prefer them to take a developmental quarterback. If a fourth round pick would be perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, to see if they can find somebody there with some big upside. I, the other position that, interest me would be wide receiver because I think you saw Juju Smith-Schuster struggle to be the pure number one uh, without an Antonio Brown on the other side of him. So I could also see them going that route as well um, would make sense. I think they have a lot of minor needs. So I, I don't, I think there's a ton of different directions that they could go because they could go, they could replenish the defensive line after losing Hargrave. They could take an offensive lineman to groom behind some aging guys there. They could go tight end. I think they've kind of addressed address that, so I don't see them going exactly that way. Um, they could go running back because, honestly, James Conner was not impressive last year to me. No, so I totally I think agree. a thousand different directions the Steelers could go. None of them are bad. Um, they're, but they're putting a lot of their hope in Ben Roethlisberger being good. So um, interesting to see which direction they can go because I think it's all over the map. Um, yeah. So we'll see. But I, I, I mentioned guard because like Ramon, Ramon Fo, uh, Foster retired. So I, I could see them go in that guard direction if they thought that was a good idea. Yeah, it'll really depend, I think, on what happens because their first pick is 49 in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so depending on where, where everything happens, if somehow the wide receiving run, you know, maybe the big four go and then there's a gap, maybe they go for somebody. I think you're right, though, on the, on the running back names because I feel like – the fact that it's kind of this perfect storm that there are so many other positions that are so deep and that'll probably be first round picks that we probably won't see what uh, running backs almost said wide receivers again. I feel like we won't see them go as quickly as we have. And, and maybe they take someone in the second round, they take a flyer on a guy. Maybe they wait until the third round. And then I like what you meant by the fourth round developmental quarterback. It's probably not a guy that's your long term solution but is definitely a good stopper because Mason Rudolph I feel like didn't totally pan out I thought maybe he was going to be the guy and and kind of played himself out of that he also had you know the big brawl at the you know the on Thursday night football last year but they're going to have a really interesting way to tackle pun intended their needs because you know they're they're in this position where you're reaching a, an impasse in the twilight zone, if you will, of, of Ben Roethlisberger's career. But that defense is getting back to be just as strong as it was 10 years ago when they won a Super Bowl and they almost won another one in 2011, uh, or the 2010 into 2011 season. But, yeah, I feel like it's going to be really – it's it's going to be fun to watch them. It'll be interesting to watch a team – we joked around about the Giants, but see what they do with some of their picks – yeah, I mean, 
we don't need to talk about the Cowboys, but the Redskins and, and what they do after they get Chase Young, because I feel like that's the only layup that they have. They they certainly have a few other picks that could that could help them, but they did trade away the the two two second pick of the second round to to the Colts, so they won't be picking for a while. So what they do after they take Chase Young is going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, one thing they one thing that they could go for is to trade Trent Williams. And if they oh, can get somebody call. like if so, if the big four tackles go, call a team up and say, "Hey, I'll give you Trent Williams for your first round pick." Now, if you're taking Trent Williams, you're probably a team that thinks they can compete. So the Buccaneers would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you want to look at a team like that, possibly um, team that des- has a need, but also thinks they're going to compete this year. Um, so I could see them trading. They've got so many needs, though. Um, yeah. Another wide receiver across from uh, what's his face, uh, running back has been disappointing. I don't understand the AJ Adrian Peterson hype there. Um, offensive line, and they spent a lot of picks in the defensive line. Secondary, I mean, there's so much that team needs. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I'm excited for Thursday, man. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how this all shakes out. It's going to be weird yep. to see it on Zoom, but I'm excited, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's going to be fun. It's different. I'm glad they're doing it. I know it's tough, but as um, as uh, the commissioner Goodell said, everybody's in the same playing field here. No team has an advantage. I will say, take a look at how some teams are setting up their draft rooms. You know, um, um, uh, John Lynch in 49ers has, got, has this beautiful setup, and then there's Dave Gettleman with a laptop. You know, it's fascinating to see how teams prepare. I, I wouldn't agree with Gettleman's strategy. I think the more information you have in front of you, the better. But they'll figure it out. Um, I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the draft is always a great time, as always. But yeah, it's, it's just gonna be, um, it's gonna be one of those great years. But Matt, I think that's gonna do it. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I love uh, talking football. Hopefully, we get to see mm-hmm. it soon. But man, I'm I'm pumped. <laughs> Can't wait, man. This is fun. We'll do a post draft something as well. Yes. So uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G Man. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back on Thursday with the first two episodes of The Last Dance. Hopefully, Matty D's watched it at that point. But for my man, Matty D, have a great week and go, birds. <laughs>